This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 201. Learn to learn. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. I uh, I hesitate to uh, dwell too much in any sort of you inside hesitate joke. to dwell. <laughs> this... I am Matt Martins, and I hesitate to dwell. This is a this is a jumping on point, Hunter, and you're gonna welcome you're, you yelling like that is gonna scare people. You're gonna no. scare some some it, no some it won't t- some timid little no little, they're gonna hear little, this girl just opened up her the first time she's opening up this little book of Twilight Imperium, and you know what she's hearing confidence okay <laughs> we know what we are but you are welcomed to it okay yep, yep, but we're in. not gonna change we'll never sell out ever because i mean who will we sell out to let's they be real here. the one person won't buy us the so one person lose. that we could sell out to and oh my god if we ever do you will know okay you will realize and you know what i hope if we do ever sell out to the big ffg man in the sky that you understand yeah and maybe you're like, I'm done with the show because they sold out. Yeah. But you know what? Nux. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel that way every once in a while when I see somebody like just totally selling out, but yeah. I like them. And right. I'm just like, you got to sell out right. at some point. Well, because the reality is we did at least 200 before we sold out. Yeah. You know, we did yeah. 200 of these before we sold At this point, I could sell out at any point and be like, listen, you got 200 without me selling out. Right. That's pretty good it's for like, a sellout. You know when like a cool actor you like gets like Marvel money, right? And you already liked them. Yeah, and yeah. I know some people like they see that and they're like, oh, they're they to- total sellout, just do yeah, anything yeah. or whatever. Nah. I'm just like, get Way your money, go. you know? Exactly. Like, yeah, do it. Yeah, get it. Jack you know? Black does Kung Fu Panda Five, and I'm like, keep that rolling, Jack people Black. It's yours forever. Movies. Just yeah. do it. I don't care. Yeah, sure. Do sure. what you love, yeah. or make money so that you can do what you love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a weird tangent. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, hello. Hey, so this is uh, space I didn't, I didn't this is a there. jumping on point. Yeah, this is supposed to be. Your we're we're starting episode a, one. This is a new episode one um, yep. to teach you about how to uh, play Twilight Imperium. No, 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 we, no, no, no. We are no, not no. qualified to do that. No, 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 no. You you can figure that out through osmosis if uh-huh. you listen to I would say a hundred episodes of yeah, the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might just kind of soak it in, or you can watch any. Of the other people who are good at teaching you how to play the game. Yeah, that's Go it. check out the RTFM video, whatever. That right. kind of stuff. Those those people are good at that. They put out a new one for yep. Prophecy of Kings. For so okay. there's, there's two videos yep. you can watch now that will basically teach you everything you need to know. That's not us, though. We uh, don't yeah. do that. No, no. We <laughs> think... This is like kind of... Um, this is kind of like a Greek... Yeah. Like uh, Socrates, like sitting under the... We're thinking about thinking about stuff. <laughs> Is what's happening. This is your metaphysics. What if 201. we were to play Twilight and Peter? Yeah, what so, would that look like? If you were going to learn how to play the game, well, how would you do that? How would you learn how to learn how to play? Yes. Twilight Imperium. That's what we're doing. I love the today. I, I, this is my favorite thing we do on this show. Yeah. Is exactly this kind of episode, uh, which is why I hope that you are a completely new player listening to this. This is this this is what this episode is for, and and I want to also say. Episode 
fake episode six, but it didn't have an episode number at the time because I was a lunatic. And like, actually, this is episode like 205. And it's anyways, there's an episode a long, long, long ago in this podcast feed. Yeah. Where we're in that episode, we're recording on a snowball. Yeah. Uh, the USB microphone, and we only have one, and we're very close together. Yes. We're like huddled around it. <laughs> and uh, it's called Learn to Learn and Learn to Teach. And uh, it's I think it still tracks, and it works as an episode. And this is more a follow-up to that now that we live in a landscape where many more things have been added. To Twilight Imperium. To Twilight Imperium. Yeah. There's a lot more to consider. And also, that episode's focus was like, hey... You do you, buddy. Yeah, I don't. I don't want you to to feel or uh, take it easy. Just have fun with the yeah. game. That's basically Calm the down. The way to learn the game is to just enjoy it, and you will learn as you play it. And yeah. that and and I stand by that completely. Today is a slightly more guided approach for those that want it. Okay. So this episode is intended for the people who see that this podcast exists. Right? Yes. Well, and you know what? Episodes dedicated to one board game. There's something underneath the hood there. I have a question for you. Yeah. As this is since this is the new episode one for the new cool listeners. Sure. What is this show? This show is dedicated to talking about <laughs> Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium in many contexts. We mm-hmm. like to t- we like to discuss strategy. We don't we don't throw too much math at you, but when people give us math because they did the math and we yeah. hey, we've never done the math. We'll never do <laughs> we'll the never math. do the math. But we will give you the math when someone else does it for us. Yeah. We also like to talk about the theme and the lore of this game. And we just love it. We love this game a lot. And this is a fan show dedicated to playing and talking about Twilight Imperium. And this episode is here to invite you in. Yes. So yeah, we primarily talk about that. Occasionally we talk about games like root yes we do have a couple of things we have some episodes about dune in the past we really like leader games yep. uh and you'll we'll, hear you'll that. probably just hear that <laughs> us liking that and we love twilight imperium right but then there's the company that makes twilight imperium fantasy flight games anyway so <laughs> what's cool about cool this that leader episode. games <laughs> oh leader games is so great i love them a lot um and then the company what is the company that makes twilight imperium they're called fantasy uh, flight fantasy games, games. Yep. yeah Right. Um, yes, them too. So, so today, uh, we want to provide you with the potential for a guided approach of this game's huge. How, how do I tackle getting into this community? It's, I see, I, it looks very interesting. Yeah. And I don't want to be left on my own. Now, there are people that do want to be left. Their they just want to go in and do, and, and do that. And that the last they just one walk learn. into the jungle alone. Yes. You the know, last with a knife, learn. you know, and a little there, you know, barely their clothing isn't right or whatever. You know, it's like kind for of the a, jungle. For yeah. Like, a, well, like Jumanji. Yeah. Like, it's like Jumanji. Like, you're the rock. Right. OK, you're rock the Dwayne Johnson. And you're walking <laughs> into the jungle. I think I stole that. I'm pretty sure that's somebody else's. But probably. But uh, you're just walking in the jungle, you know, and and you're the rock. Yeah. And you just want to do it by yourself. Right. Like the rock does in, in, what was it, Jungle to Jungle? Or no. Jungle to Jungle starring (laughs) Tim Allen. Jumanji. I encourage you to have that attitude. But for you, for you listening to this who goes, this seems engaging and cool and I like to talk about it. And I don't, I don't know exactly when I'm going to get my next game in, but what can I focus on when i sit down to play my very very first game yeah. of twilight imperium yeah uh or, or more importantly too if you're a, a single person that has five friends that have never played twilight imperium mm-hmm. you've played a couple games of twilight imperium but you want to get them on board yeah how do you cultivate that atmosphere for them to make sure they enjoy this game the reason we have to approach this so weirdly and delicately is 
if you know about this board game, it has a reputation of being big and long and people don't want to dedicate... We want to set you up for success because yeah. it's very easy to have a bad first game of Twilight Imperium and then you walk away thinking you don't like it, but maybe, maybe you didn't experience it in a way you enjoy and you might enjoy it in a different context. You're allowed to not like this game. That's, that is no, also... you're not. <laughs> not now. Not now. Not that not... you've gotten this far into the sure. show. Like, no, yeah, you, you have to join the, the cult. The point is, if you had a bad first experience, maybe this episode can help you have a better second experience and yeah. set you up for more success. Yeah, and I, I just to kind of... Uh, I mean, I think you can have a very good first experience with Twilight Imperium as long as you're not too obsessed with the idea of getting everything right yep. or like that you're going to fully understand everything because right. that's probably not... Uh, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, there's, sorry. there's a lot of stuff yeah. in this board game. Yeah. And yeah. so there's a lot to mess up and there's a lot to learn over time. And that's why it's kind of a fun. That's why you see people like like you see two weirdos dedicate their entire life to it and like put all of their uh, livelihood at stake. Uh, the reason that oh, happens yeah. in this board game is because there's a lot of depth there and there's a lot of places you can go with it which yeah. means you're not going to learn it in a single day because hunter and i have been doing this for three and a half years and we still i'm still not that great at the game like, yeah I matt's actually have... gotten worse at the game. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> so anyways here's all of my advice <laughs> uh it's a fun show okay i hope you like what you thus far yeah i hope you didn't realize i hope you didn't come into this expecting like yeah. oh these two stick up their butt uh <laughs> you know statisticians are gonna talk theory here if no. you are all if you are already turned off by everything this episode has been so far this oh, now is your that. opportunity to I like totally it's fine that. you can yeah. leave you can listen leave. let's be real we're too dumb to do this yes. okay <laughs> we're too dumb for the game and we're definitely too dumb uh, to do the show. Yeah. Now, do you want to hear our advice or not? What do you want? Come on. Sit down. All right. Now that you're here, now that the rest of you are left, <laughs> if you've gotten through all of those caveats and qualifiers and you're still here because you want to play this game, let's talk about how you play your very first game. Yes. yes. And the first question that comes up all the time nowadays is, should I start with all the stuff or not? What does that you've got mean? Twilight Imperium. The base game. Yeah. We all know it. We all love it. Twilight Imperium, fourth edition. Well, maybe they don't know that. They may not. Know. It was yeah. released in 2017, and it's a great board game. By Fantasy Flight Games. Sure. Love leader game. <laughs> uh, there is an expansion for that game. The Prophecy of Kings. And yes. it's a big expansion. If you want to buy both of these games at full MSRP, you're going to spend $250. What? That's how much it costs? Yeah, if you're buying it full price. Oh, okay. Now, we're not sponsored by FFG, so I can tell you, we'll go buy wherever you want, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it cheaper, but... No, support... Hey, but how about hey, this? No, support your local, support your local yeah, board game store. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. If you like them, or, or yeah, do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, that's there. There's also a bunch of online components uh, that, like, you have to, like, print yourself. If you want to avoid that stuff, I get it. You want to... But, but if you're playing on Tabletop Simulator for your first experience, hey, that's very brave of you, and also... Uh, just play with everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that is going to be our advice here is, so all the stuff is a bunch of weird things called codice codices, codex, the codex. There's been two of them. Uh, it's basically a bunch of like additional components and also errata to old mm -hmm. components. You have the expansion and you have the base game. You can play with all of that. And I don't think anything should stop you from doing that. Yeah. I, th I totally agree. I also just want to say real quick, let's say you are going to play on TTS uh, for your first time. TTS uh, is Tabletop Simulator. Yep. It's a board game or a board game uh, simulation game where you yeah. can play. Uh, there's a very good mod 
uh, for Twilight Imperium that you can download and then play Twilight Imperium on over uh, dial-up internet, uh, <laughs> specifically. Yeah. Um, no, no, you, you just play it on the internet. You know how it goes. Um, but I was going to say, so let's say you want to do the TTS thing. We're not going to talk about TTS no. very much today. It's, I mean, we're just talking about the game. Uh, a lot of this can be applied to TTS, but we won't be discussing how to specifically play stuff on TTS. We do have a video. There is that. one video yeah. that it's was supposed to be, to be in... part of a series of videos. We'll get to it. We're I'm, gonna get to. We're it. busy. We're we're busy. Hey, back off, okay. <laughs> First thing, there's one video. It will help, okay. But back off, also. Anyways, what are the pros and cons of? Uh, we are so bad at this job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna be you know for newer people, this is gonna be good information, yeah. and for older people, they can just laugh at how bad we are yeah. at doing this. Yeah. Someone on our Discord can probably explain all of this better to you. <laughs> yeah, and you'll and you can read it. It's probably faster to read it than it is to listen to us. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what were you saying, Hunter? You were. I was gonna say. Um, so we want to talk about what are uh, the pros and cons yeah. of going in full with everything, right? Every single little yeah, piece yeah, of yeah. stuff. Now, so what? So we talked about the codexes, and then there's Prophecy of Kings, and then there's base game. Um, what we mean by everything, I would say primarily, is base game and Prophecy right. of Kings. The codexes are supplemental. They are significantly more supplemental. Yeah. Prophecy of Kings introduces whole new mechanics. The codexes never do that. Well, save for like goofy scenarios that are sure. like their own completely separate thing. It is not like you are not, you're barely playing Twilight Imperium when you play one of the scenarios. Like you're, you're playing a very refined separate thing but when people talk right. about playing twilight imperium they're talking about base game plus prophecy of kings maybe spicing it up with some of the codex stuff but yeah the, our main goal here is is it okay to just jump right in with prophecy of kings and our big concept here is yeah i mean there's no point in only learning half the game if you later on want to play with all the stuff like why not brush up against all of the stuff the the argument you'll hear is like that's probably overwhelming and that is true but twilight imperium is an overwhelming game and yes. i think the only way you get over that hurdle is by powering through it rather than like i'm only gonna play with uh, i'm only gonna play with command counters this game we're not even gonna use strategy cards like that to me that's what it means to like play without prophecy of kings these days it's like arbitrarily removing mechanics for no gain. Like you might as well get the whole package and play it. Now that's that's assuming like you were ready to go all in and play both. I'm not telling you you have to buy Prophecy of Kings yeah. before you, but you play the base game. It's great. Well, and this is actually a good time for us to have a little disclaimer and say um, that you do not have to listen to. This is just our advice. Yep. Um, and if you hear something that you're like, oh, I don't really like that. I want to do it this way. Do then you way. probably should do it the way that you want. Yep. I mean, that is just kind of that is just kind of a general thing that you can uh, apply to anything. Yeah. Um, if there's if you get advice that you don't dig, you feel free to ignore it. Right. Um, this is just if we were really just giving people our honest opinions on uh, how to approach this game from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, this is what we would say. Um, but yeah, so I really like your point that you were just making, Matt, about it's going to be too much. I mean, yeah. like regardless of however you yeah. do it. It is going to be too much. Right. So so you might as well be overwhelmed with a full uh, plate yep. of everything that the game has on offer. Then, you know, just do the base game and then have to kind of feel like you're learning again, right. essentially later. Yep. Now, this, of course, uh, is all just based off our 
this these are all hypothetical things we're mind palacing yes. this you know what i mean like yeah. it's not like we've gotten a bunch of people that we've known to jump in at this point sure but but i have like we, we have certainly done that and and like it always depends it, it always comes down to how much the person wants out of the experience yes and that that should be your guiding principle really. yeah but yeah let's talk about the cons of doing this like what what happens if you throw everything at the at once we've already talked about like it is gonna be too much but what else are you gonna maybe brush up against if you're just like jumping in with the whole package yeah so some of some of the stuff that will be difficult to figure out is like uh there's a lot of different ways to kind of start the game yes um, and twilight imperium can be really uh wacky uh for that first game there's a lot of different player counts we could go for right. uh, we might have three or four people we might have five people we might have seven to eight people yep. and now with pok it goes to seven and eight right so in base game you can go max of six and now we have up to eight players right. Um, and I think for a lot of people maybe approaching, they'd be like, oh, well, the game's probably similar at all player counts. That's not actually true with yeah. this game. This game, uh, the pace and uh, a lot of things, the size of the map uh, is determined by how many players right. that you have. And it is kind of, um, ooh, I don't want to get in hot water here, but it is kind of, there is kind of a player count that the game is more understood on. Yeah. And this is from the perspective of designing it and stuff. Um, and that would be six. Yeah. Um, and then the other player counts are considered yes. after that and yes. made to yes. work. But the game and all of its mechanics are primarily designed around that six player thing. So none of that is to discourage you from playing something other than six players. But more importantly, you should set your expectations for what those different player counts are going to present you with. The number one complaint I have seen from someone mm -hmm who has disliked their first playing of Twilight Imperium is it feels like we sat around for like eight hours and there was just never any conflict. Right. And we just kind of bought plastic and then never used it. And then somebody won. Yeah. And I so what, and, what, yeah. and then I asked them, well, how many people did you play with? And they said, well, we, we could only get four total people. And I said, that is exactly why that it felt. That yes. Way. <laughs> and, and that is not to say that. Um, so, so I, I think, it's not controversial to say that three or four is like kind of slower and more cold war. I think that's yeah. just like kind of a natural result of how it plays uh, at that player count. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If that's what you like. That's cool. I love you for it. Right. But if you're trying to get a feel for this game and that's not something you like, right. then maybe consider trying to get six together yes. to play the game for the, the first the, time. Because the inverse is also true. There have been people who have played six player and they're like, this game is mean. <laughs> like, I oh, had to yeah. do terrible things to my friend and I, I don't like that. And I would push them the other direction. I would right. say, you should try four player because four player, you all get to have your cake and eat it too. You just get to build your stuff and watch your engine grow and see where that takes you. And you yeah. have a lot of wiggle room. Yes. So, so it goes both ways. It just depends on what you're trying to get out of it. The other things I would throw out there is five player is like very, very mean. <laughs> five yeah. player is where everyone is starved for most of the components in the game. So I don't recommend five for your very first game. I think that's fair to actually say that five is probably too mean yes. compared to six yeah. or three or four. Right. Yeah. Three is also kind of weird, but I, I lump three in with four because of a lot of reasons that are not even worth going into right yeah, now. Totally, but totally. But the main way I think about it is you want to start your first game with four or six players, three kind of against lumped in with four. Right. Don't do five. Seven to eight is if you were doing seven to eight as your first game, first off, 
you are going to play for 27 hours. Yeah, it's going to be a really long game. That's kind of the yeah, problem. There. Because you're all learning. You're going to be taking more time. And eight players is just, it just is, it takes but, a but long time. Let's, let's think about this a little bit. Um, if we are talking about a group that maybe uh, maybe this is like some sort of trip and yep. we're uh, it's a weekend totally. and we're going to spend all weekend playing. Yep. That's totally chill. Right. Totally get that. Eight players is a great kind of like non-committal. Like I'm here for the hang. Right. <laughs> More than anything else. And You're- we mean, of course, in a context where a majority or almost all players are new. Yep. Spe- I mean, at eight, right. eight brand new players trying to learn this game. Oof. Oh, my God. That's going to just be very long. And if that's if that's chill with you, then that's yes. then. But whatever. go in with that expectation. Yes. So. To summarize all of that, like we are probably going to continue the rest of this guide with six players in mind, a six-player yes. standard game. That is, spoiler alert, that is like the basis of our entire show. Right. And we bump up against that all the time. We very rarely make concessions for other player accounts. We, we kind of make the assumption that you're playing with six players because that just really is how the game is sort of structured around. Everything else is more viable, but you always have to sort of do the math for yourself of like, well, they said this about a faction in six player. That probably means something slightly different in four player. Yes. And we're not super great at, at adapting for you. Occasionally we talk about it. We have an episode about four player games. You could go check it's that out. It's very old. It's it needs very to be old. Updated. Probably could be updated. But well, and this is, we've, we're in this the is episode two. one. Everything's yeah. getting updated yes. right now. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we are going to up, update all of those like kind of random specific yes. topics that we've done. So that's something that you can look forward to in the future. Um, okay. So another con, this one's kind of, uh, this one's kind of obvious. So some of the prophecy of King factions, we personally think are, a bit too much yeah. uh, for newer players. And you will see this talked about even base game stuff. And I want to draw like a really distinct line here, which is I generally am the kind of host to new players yeah. where I say, do whatever makes you happy. Yeah. I don't think any of the Twilight Imperium factions are so complicated that they should be banned from a new player playing. Game. Sure. Yeah, if the yeah. new player can read the back of a faction sheet and go, these, these folks are cool. Like, this, this sounds is a cool. cool yeah. Them, let them do that. Just like, let them have it. That, just let them have it because that will keep them more engaged than you being like, no, you have to play the Federation of Soul. This is your faction. I know you don't connect with it on any spiritual level, but that's too spiritual. bad. You're new. Spiritual you have level? to play. <laughs> so you're yes. saying like you've looked at the sheet and you're like, I am spiritually I am now, connected. I, this. this is my this new is religion. My religion. <laughs> no, but if 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 don't force someone to play a faction just because you think it's a beginner friendly. Yeah, because that they may never get anything out of that. And that's fair. And then you've left someone leaves that game just because like, well, I just played this these boring humans and I wanted to play the bug boys and and I didn't get to. Let's say you're not in that situation though. Yeah. I think both me and you, Matt, both feel that specifically um, the Titans of Vol. Yeah. And uh, the Mahakt Gene Sorcerers. Yes. Uh, are two factions introduced in Prophecy of Kings that are just a bit too much yeah. uh, for a newer, newer player. They Either- are bending, in Mahawk's case, they are bending something so inherent to the game. Right. Which we'll get into command counters, but that is such an in- integral part of learning the game, and it's like the first significant hurdle. Yes. And the Mahawk throw a lot of that out the window that it's it's gonna completely throw you off they have some exceptions to the biggest rule that your newer players will struggle to learn yes uh which is yeah command tokens titans i just think 
that the series of, mm-hmm. um, we call them timing windows, it's like when something happens yeah. uh, in a turn, uh, that there is a bogus yeah. series of things that happen in a particular order uh, for Titans to make us just feel like, ah, just, I mean, unless yeah. they really want to do if it. If you really want to do it, that's great. Them. You should. I love it. But if anything, it's like Titans, do it on your second game. Mahawk is like, ah, do it when you feel yeah. actually ready. Yeah. But Titans is like, it just kind of makes for a different game and, and might mess you up. I don't feel this way about any other faction. You will hear other people in the community be like, yeah, you probably shouldn't play Arborek or Sar in your first yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel you I don't I think you're gonna be okay right I, I think that is okay with you now right. we are gonna get to here in a bit we will actually recommend six exact factions for a first game do not take that as gospel right. well, I want to stress that point right now and we'll stress it again later we're only naming two as ones to actually avoid later on when we recommend six that's just like hey if you really really want the advice yeah if you, if you really, really want, want to just be told this is kind of what we would recommend yeah. but for now those are the only two. And, and so that brings up one other point about Prophecy of Kings, which is Prophecy of Kings is very much designed as an expansion for people that were fans of Twilight Imperium base game. Like it, yeah. it, it, it assumes a lot of knowledge sure. of base game and, and multiplies and extrapolates on that knowledge. So that's what you're going to be bumping up against. And that's why we're trying to get the scariest factions a little bit out of your way. Right. Because everything else came with base game. Right. And like, was shipped to be played right away. These were introduced after a large group of people learned all of the rest of the systems. Yeah, so that, yeah. that's kind of what we're going to do. I still think you can do Prophecy of Kings from the get-go. Let's talk about the pros. Like, what, what, you, what you will gain from, from just diving from playing, in. From playing with all of it at once. Yeah, I actually feel like we maybe have even built a pretty good argument for why not to. <laughs> yeah, I know. For why not to. But there, there are lots of reasons to go back on this. First of all, you get it all. Like, we, we Twilight Imperium is like the Super Bowl of board games right the wor- it's the world it's the thing that like you are going to separate an entire saturday yeah for this game it is the it is a wedding cake of a game yes and playing it every day is like eating wedding, wedding cake, cake every day every single Connor day are not going to survive much longer <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> just kidding uh the the whole point is we want you to experience all of the mechanics. Uh, because like we said earlier, you're going to be overwhelmed no matter what on your very, very first game. And adding more things to be overwhelmed with, I don't actually think is like uh, uh, is too much. I, yeah. I think you're already getting enough. And it is better to see where all this stuff can go because what Prophecy of Kings introduces is a lot more player-to-player interaction, mm-hmm. which is sort of the core drive of a twilight Imperium it's a game. hook it it's is a major hook. hook of the game and prophecy of kings makes that so much richer that it's not worth just sort of arbitrarily deciding not to introduce Ooh, it yeah you won't be very good at using all of the new stuff yet you won't be very good at using all the old stuff yet right it's, it's fine yeah but to be able to brush up against everything you get to learn everything together and i, I think that gets you much further i love this point that prophecy of kings i think in a way emphasizes the stuff we really yes. really love about twilight imperium yep. and it makes a lot of that stuff more obvious to players of yes. like oh this I can like do this yeah this promissory note in my hand i can give it to so and so for money right that's cool oh my god my commander in so and so's hand will now make the, all this yeah. uh, making connections yeah. in my brain it all, it's great it all builds off and of that i that yeah through line i feel like pok is a better on-ramp 
to really fun yes. Twilight Imperium. Yeah, it's easy. The, the The joke about Twilight Imperium is always like, it's not space risk. And base game, it's very easy to just like play space risk. Sure. You can you can ignore. But with all of the things that get introduced in Prophecy of Kings, it's significantly harder to just play space risk. Yeah. Because so many of the components are begging you to trade them, to trade them and interact with hey, other players. Th- it's like it's like all of the new st- or not all of it, but a lot of the new stuff added in POK have this kind of subtle suggestion of like, what if you talked yeah. to the other players? Right. While you're playing. It's a pretty cool idea. And not about random stuff. No. About the game yeah, yeah. and do game stuff with talking. Whoa. Talky game stuff. That would have been a great name for the show. Talky game stuff. <laughs> talky game I, stuff. Can we change the name? It's episode 201. Yeah. It's new beginnings. Welcome to talky game stuff. Talky game stuff. I'm uh, your big talker. And I'm your little talker, Matt. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's nice about Prophecy of Kings is it sort of onboards itself. It introduces itself. Yeah, the new mechanics of Prophecy of Kings are uh, uh, leaders, which are agents, commanders, and heroes. And then you also introduce new units called mechs, and you introduce an exploration mechanic. Well, guess what? Over the course of a single game, those mechanics are tucked away from you. Yeah. And then unlocked as you go through the game. game. So you start the game, and you only have the agent and exploration to do. Right. And then later... You build a mech and you unlock your commander and now you can start using those. And then even later in the game, you unlock your hero and now that can be used. But you don't have to, on your very first game, you don't have to think about your hero until it's unlocked. Yes. You, I mean, obviously, like, oh, the great big strategy is like, I got to consider every single thing. But we're not there yet. We're yeah. just learning this game. Well, so let maybe, the game introduce itself to you. And maybe a big piece of advice there uh, is that let pok the new the new pok stuff which you're i mean if this is your first time playing you might not even really distinguish from what what is pok and base game so maybe we i don't know let the stuff that is specifically hidden to you maybe just don't worry about it yet you know what i mean like let it surprise you and then at our because the thing is this game is a learning experience that lasts through the entire play session and actually keeps going forever yeah Yeah, and and then forever there's a reason this is episode 201 of this show right there are aspects of this game that are not important in every single game that you play. Totally. So within your individual game, there will be new things that are important this time around. Totally. And to go one step further, the idea that you're going to master this game right away is very, very ridiculous because imagine the idea that you were going to, without ever playing this game, read every single component and commit it to memory and know the context in which those components are important. You can look at the box size and know that that is impossible. Yeah. So it is better to go into a first game with the full acceptance of I'm going to let myself be surprised by yeah. this game. Oh, and you I'm have going to. to let you have to. I'm going to let mistakes engage my brain. I'm yeah. going to let my mistakes be okay and i'm not going to try to make no mistakes in my first game this is something i as a player have to do to this day for my own like mental benefit like things happen in this game that you can't expect or you forget to expect or whatever that is like a core part of the player who wins is generally like the one who makes the least mistakes but that doesn't mean they perfectly committed everything to memory sometimes that just means they were lucky and didn't get blindsided by something right that that is generally the scope of a game well and i want to blow your mind right here uh on this point and just say that so you know uh hi i'm hunter um we just met uh but this game that we're talking about uh pretty obsessed with it uh matt doubly so like it a lot yeah uh big fans uh, we spent a lot of time with this game. 
there are interactions between stuff in the box that nobody even knows about yet. Like there's probably some horrible mistake Dane has made. Dane is the name of the show. Two episodes ago, you should not, if you're new, don't listen to episode 199. Yeah. But recognize that episode 199 is Dane going, here is a laundry list of things that I did not anticipate. Right. And I am the designer of this board game. Yeah. And let me just say, uh, this game was play tested a lot. A lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot. And still, you would need, honestly, to, in order for this game to be perfect in box, it would need to be play tested for probably like 10 years. <laughs> It would need to be play tested so much that yeah. there would be no point in releasing it when it was done. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It would just kind of be like, well. It should be a living board game. It probably and should be. And it basically, be. I mean, that's what the codex, I mean, that Dane puts out a living rules reference because he's like, I constantly have to change like how this stuff yes. works. So anyways, that is all to say, absolutely don't expect to get this stuff right off the beginning. And, and that is why it is okay for letting all of the Prophecy of Kings things introduce themselves. Also, uh, Prophecy of Kings made the whole game more thematic. Yeah. Most of the stuff introduced is faction specific. So if you're including prophecy, this is this is another pro for including prophecy of kings from the get-go is your faction is cooler and more fun and more interesting and more engaging for you to think about why this faction's culture is the way that it is yeah. because they have this particular agent and this so and so hero. You get to engage with that uh, fiction quite a lot more because of the things introduced in Prophecy of Kings. So if you are excited by the space opera of this game, Prophecy of Kings ramps that up a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and also um, this is this one is more just about taste, but in our opinion, the best, the best version of the game is the version with POK, and if you're here to learn the game, you may as well learn the best way to exactly. play it right now. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? It'll take, it, it's going to take its time, right. but I would rather it take its time with you experiencing all of it than like, okay, in this game, now we're going to introduce this new mechanic and, and we didn't play with it last time at all. So now you have to relearn the game. Like I would rather you gradually learn it over like two games rather than like for five games, we introduce a new mechanic every single game. Right. That's obviously no way to do this. There are many people who will play Twilight Imperium twice in their life. Right. And and want to still get the experience out of it. So lucky. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also just want to say, just to just again to just kind of throw out everything to just throw everything we've said in this episode thus far in the garbage. Yep. If you don't like what you're hearing, you're like, no, I want to do the base game. You, you know should. what you could do, uh, and also you want a companion in that. Well, we've been doing the show for a long time, yeah. And you can easily go back to pre POK stuff. Yep. Um, I would recommend checking out the first uh, maybe couple episodes, uh, maybe, maybe, and then skipping the faction guides and going to the revised faction guides. And you can just kind of live out the last like couple yeah. years of uh, of base game, right? Uh, if you would like, and I think that's uh, that's that actually sounds kind of cool to me. Yeah. Now that I say yeah. it like that. There's also a core thesis of this show. I want you to understand. If if you're wanting to engage on this on like a fandom level and you want to get into this show, part of the show is that we are wrong. Oh, plenty yeah. often. Oh yeah. And and so when you listen to stuff in our show about what we think about the game, don't ever think that we believe that that is the only answer. Right. Never. We we are trying to give you a starting point. If I mean, this is this episode is a microcosm of the entire thesis of the show, which is like we want to give you a way to think about the game outside of playing the game right. because people really love this game and and so they think about it on the weeks preceding the game they've got coming up or they finished a game and they're going to think about that game for two months and they but they want to find more tools of how to analyze that game. So we're just trying to give you a springboard for that. 
you try out our strategy and you go, well, that part didn't really work for me. My group's actually a little bit more talkative than mm-hmm. what this strategy allowed me to pull off. So I'm going to adapt it to my own needs. Yeah. That's all we're trying to do. We're not trying to say in, in any of our things that are listed as a strategy guide, we're not saying this is how you definitely win as the Titans of old. No. We're saying this is a decent framework to sort of like set yourself up. And now you need to take it and run with it and figure out your own right. ways that work right. within your group or within your own personality. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think it's, yeah, it just comes down to we we don't, we're not like making the show thinking like, oh, like we're, we, we know for a fact that we are, that we are wrong and and actually have said many things on the show that were uh, straight up wrong. Right. Guess what? So is the designer. Uh, so it's not that weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like like <laughs> and we get called out for stuff and we're like, hey, like we we fix it or whatever. Um, so that is the journey of the show. It does make listening to old episodes kind of weird because yeah. it means we said something wrong and then Sometimes. you have to listen to the next episode to get it corrected. And you actually have to listen to the end of the episode, which is kind of weird. Anyways, good <laughs> luck, you, you lucky so-and-so. You could also just play it with POK and then yeah, hang out with it, us every week while we're doing this. Yep, but. yep, yep, yep. Okay, so, so we We've, we've really like prepared our mind for our what we're going into with this game. Uh, what let's actually start to give some some direct guidance to those that want it on like what what is a proper way to set up a game of Twilight Imperium for a first experience. And th- yeah. these are questions that get asked. This is like the frequently asked questions of how to get new people into TI. And the first one is, well, you have this galaxy, and in the rulebook, there's a, a way to like you as a group build the galaxy. Yeah. There are also some pre-made maps in the expansion rulebook and the base game rulebook. For your very first game, I would not recommend building a map yourself. Yeah. There's two reasons to this. One, you don't know what is important yet. So you don't know what you're trying to put where. Yeah. You have no... Con- and it's it's the first decision you're going to make is to build a map that might ruin your game. Right. <laughs> Completely throw off everything you wanted to do. Right. Whereas most pre-made maps are built to be balanced in some respect. Right. So that anybody as any faction can jump into a slice and have some sort of success. Um, The other thing is in building that map, uh, the impulse for a lot of new players is it's like a little mini game to build the map. And so a lot of times you're like, haha, I'm going to do something that is quite obviously mean. I'm going to do that to you. That's the first thing you did. And now you all are going to sit here and deal with that consequence for hours, for 10 hours. hours. Yeah. For a very and long time, it, and and there was there will be no way to recuperate those losses. Yeah, and somebody somebody might do that, and we've definitely seen this before, especially when we were learning the game way back in TI three. Uh, somebody might n- not fully. They're making a choice, and they're like, "Ooh, here's like a mean thing I can do yeah. in the build," without realizing just what that's going to feel like yeah. for the rest of the game. So in that moment, they were like, ooh, it's fun to be a little uh-huh, cheeky. Gotcha. And then they're like, wow, man, that was a long time yeah. of that being a problem for yeah. you, and I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think we're both 100% in agreement here. There is actually a pre-made map in the rule book that yep. comes with POK, um, and there's also a pre-made map in the base game rule, rule book as well. Um, we recommend uh, those as starter maps. Yeah. Like They're just good for a first game or yeah. so. And the, the main uh, six-player map for Prophecy of Kings is based on the idea of being kind of a friendly map mm-hmm. you you will you will naturally uh, have conflict with other players and the pre-made map in the prophecy of kings rulebook is meant to slow that down just a little bit so that you have time to sort of set your own pace and get your get your ducks in a row before the conflict really 
unleashes itself. Yeah. Fans of the Twilight Imperium tournament that's going right now might recognize the map, actually, yeah. if you check it Quite out. Quite similar. You might actually have a little bit of a realization about that. Yeah. Um, so next thing we got to do, we got to figure out, oh my God, what faction are we going to play? Yeah. In this big, there's 24 of them. Yeah. So it should be easy to make a decision. <laughs> Super easy. Just got to pick one. I've never played this game before. I just yeah. got to pick one faction. I'm going to play for the next, you know, six to 10 hours. <laughs> uh, so like we said earlier, just to drive it home, let your heart take you away. Yeah. Spend some time reading the backs of faction sheets. Find things online that are like, here's like a two sentence summary of what that faction is or whatever. That can be a guiding principle, and, and I encourage you to do that mostly. But if you are the kind of person who's like, I don't know, they're just like a bunch of space things. Like they're they're I've seen they're all kind of like a bunch of cliches of of yeah, things they're I've seen in other they're sci-fi. Cliche. No, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. like we have the thing that's like, oh, this is like the Borg. This is like the right. you know th- there are things you'll that are, make connections. You'll make connections to yeah. other sci-fi, and you're and and maybe you're not in tr- like enthralled by that. You're just like, okay, I, I just want to pick. A faction that's gonna like or maybe you're like you're really serious about learning this game and so you're trying to like meticulously like no 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 i will eventually play every faction i'm just trying to get like the perfect little start yeah i think we have six factions to recommend and we're even going to recommend the type of player right to hand them out to and we're going to talk briefly you don't know all these mechanics yet you haven't listened to a learn to play yet maybe although i think maybe you should have maybe you should stop and go watch a learn to play and then come back i don't oh, know totally yeah, rtfm's yeah. video do yeah it. watch Both that real quick they're it's like great. 30 minutes and then come back they're to real us. good so anyways you've done that hi welcome back wasn't that a good video Aren't it's they really so good smart? they're so good i love He's them so, so much uh so we should reach out to them i want to hang out <laughs> uh so here's our recommendation for if you're sitting down for a six new players are all going to play in the same game together. Here are six factions that we recommend playing and and the players that should play them and what you all together are going to gain from these six factions being at the table. It's not just like, well, so-and-so is going to learn X and and player B is not going to learn X. They're going to learn Y because they're playing this faction, right? No, the the f- six factions at our table are an ecosystem right. that will change the game. And if you take out one faction and add in a different faction, you have a completely new ecosystem right. for your game. It's not as extreme as a game like Cosmic Encounter, if you know that, but it is still pff, decently extreme. A new we, faction changes the scope of the game. We picked these six thinking, hey, uh, you probably want to see as much of the stuff yes. in the game as possible. So the idea that, that these six factions are all going to kind of draw the stuff out yes right if that makes any so sense So first up is one we referenced earlier and it's the federation of soul yeah they are more or less the most vanilla faction totally they are they have a very very simple tech path like what tech they want to research is incredibly obvious from the get-go and they have an easy time doing it they get naturally more of the primary component of the game which is command tokens they just get more of them yeah. than anybody else yeah. Uh, and everything else about them is like pretty decently defensive. They don't have to worry about just someone taking their stuff willy nilly. They, they get to hold up their stuff pretty well. So we recommend this faction because it is for your friend who is the most nervous to try this big hulking game. They've never played something like Twilight Imperium. They need to be onboarded a little bit. Th- this is our, our recommendation for a person who's like not wildly hooked on theme yet but just needs it to like kind of have a little bit of training wheels on not that anyone is lesser for playing soul it's it's not like soul wins all the time they're not better at winning they're just like mechanically simpler to dive into yeah and i think just like more approachable especially what you were saying about the command token thing they have an ability that allows them to get an extra command token yep that's it and also i mean 
uh, maybe you've never played that game before, but their tokens are called command tokens. You get one extra. Did you get it? You yep. already got it. Yep. You already you got it. some of it. <laughs> You're you learning really this already game. got some of Wait, it. Hunter, we're learning. We're teaching them how to oh, play. Well, sorry, we're not supposed to do that. <laughs> well, this is a game about thinking about thinking about stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, uh, what else are we going to talk about? What we got? So next up is another fairly simple. We're starting with the easiest like onboarding things, but next up is what a faction called the Barony of Letnev. Mm-hmm. And their big thing is they have uh, two extra what's called fleet pool. Basically, this is equivalent to the same thing that the soul has. They have a little bit of an easier time handling their command counters. We are going to continue to harp about command counters in this thing. It is the hardest thing to learn in this game. It's the most important Here, thing to learn, too. Yeah, it is the most important thing. And this this is the second faction to just, like, make that a little bit more of a, a little easier. Stone, a little bit easier. And also, I really like... What I like about these two factions is they both call attention mm-hmm. to command tokens. Yep. Because I feel like it's yeah again they drive your eye to to learn that concept ah, because I it's one of my abilities. These are important. They do stuff, and they're kind of just the main unit of a turn of the game. Yes. Uh, so you it is very important that you learn about them. Uh, Barony is a little bit better at uh, the command token economy, we like to call it, yep. uh, than others. And also another important thing to note about Barony is that they are of all the um, we would call like fighty or warlike factions. Mm-hmm. I think they are a very graspable yes. warlike faction. Yep. This is a faction that they have. They make they build big ships, yep. and the big big ships punch, yep. punch uh, hard. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it's it's just simple to understand. This is your friend who is the most interested in the concept that Twilight Imperium might be. Sp- space risky yeah they're gonna learn a lot they're gonna learn how much twilight imperium is not space risky and how many other things matter but at least barony gets to draw them into that and keep that's what that's what will teach them everything else is their interest in the space risk and over time they'll be like well i would be better at the space risk if i traded and and actually did some diplomacy so maybe i need to learn that a bit better and and you'll kind of gateway them through the lens of the barony of latin also i think it's worth mentioning that they have uh the barony have a very sweet home system yeah uh, which makes, I think, the economy of the early game really a easy. little bit more forgiving. Yeah. That's something that I, I've seen uh, players struggle with in the early game of like, oh, spending my resources and afford on what? Anything. Did I spend? Did yeah. I did I spend stuff on stuff? Did I even use all my resources? I feel like the Barony home system is like, okay, here you go. You can already afford some stuff. That's yep. pretty nice, right? Right, for sure. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, we have the NRA. The Nazroka Alliance, I should call them, um, because this is for new players. So you're like, what? The NRA is <laughs> That's in the, a weird they thing got, to introduce How did they get game? in there? <laughs> they, they, well, their lobbyists are insane. Um, so the Nazroka Alliance, uh, this is, Matt, you kind of made this point in our script. You likened um, the the person to to give the NRA to uh, to be like more of your poker player. Yeah. Why do you say that? Like they, a- that, I think your Nazroka player. So first off, Nazroka is a faction introduced in Prophecy of Kings. Yes, and they are playing off of a new f- uh, mechanic introduced in Prophecy of Kings, which is that exploration. Yes. mechanic. Nazroka are very very good at exploration and. An intrinsic part of exploration is drawing cards randomly from these extra decks, yes. which means I'm willing to see where those decks take me. Right. I don't know what I, I sit. The, I sit down at the table and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah I have this Nazroka. They have a couple abilities, but I'm going to gain some new abilities throughout the game. And I want to see how that pans out. I'm willing to let me let me let me buy in this. I'll call and let me see how the turn goes 
outcomes, right? I, I want to see what I what, what what cards I have after uh, the next set or whatever, right. right? The the amount of exploration cards you might see in your first game of of POK without Nazroka Alliance is there's a it's kind of night and day. Yeah. So you're gonna see a lot more with Nazroka in the game, and I think it's important for new players to understand like how not much? only how exploration works because it's pretty obvious. You sure. take a planet, you draw a card. Yeah. The 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 type of card corresponds to the type of planet. Yeah. Uh, Nazroka will allow you to just if you're if you're watching the other players' turns, which you should. Yeah. Everyone should be watching each other's turns in a learning game. Uh, yep. We haven't really said that yet, but that is very important. Yeah. Um, with the Nazroka's turn, you're going to be like, okay, I'm learning exactly what type of stuff is in the exploration cards. Another point to that is that Nazroka is very good at collecting uh, these type of cards called relic fragments. Yep. Relic fragments are cards that you find in the exploration decks that you can then turn in for something called a relic, yep. which is a kind of super-powered card. Right. And when Nazroka is in the game, you see more of those, not even just in Nazroka's hands, Everybody. but in other players' yep. hands. Nazroka is another onboarding for that player interaction. What yeah. I was just saying is Nazroka has the ability to get other people more stuff, which means you're going to all be talking more. Hey, Nazroka, I want your ability to to get a relic. I would yes. like to use, I would like to get a relic, and I have to talk to you to get it, so let's have a conversation about what it will cost you what will cost me for you to allow me to get a relic basically the mm -hmm. difference here is like in a normal game without nazroka you might see three relics yes and, uh, across everybody right. everyone together might see three relics in a game with nazroka you might see like nine relics yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's good because we want you to see, uh, as many components as possible yep. so that you know how much is possible, right? How much so, so that you know of. what is out there. Yep. Um, do we have anything else we want to say about Nazroka Alliance? Uh, I, I would say, uh, the contrary to the, uh, Barony point, Nazroka's early game can be a little bit more difficult for a new player. they right. basically their home system is pretty rough. Uh, so if you're choosing, if you're trying to pick one of your six players, Give it to someone who is willing to have a rough go right there at the start. Yeah. Now, they're going to get a lot more because they're going to do so much exploring. They might improve their lot right totally, away. Totally. But they might not. They might not get all of the best stuff they could possibly get. So make sure it's someone who's got a little bit of patience, right? And that yeah. plays into this poker thing. They need, to, they need to be able to see things through to the end. And things will get better later than they start. Yeah. Somebody that's willing to roll the dice, yeah, basically. For sure. Yeah. All right. Who else we got? Next up is a base game faction called the Universities of Jolnar. Now, <sighs> I see a lot of people say don't let Jolnar into a first game because Jolnar's whole thing is we research tech like crazy. Yeah. And we and similar to the Nazroka, we give everybody else the ability to also get a lot more tech. Yes. So that is part of why we like them is like everybody gets to sort of more comfortably just experience tech. And for some people, that is overwhelming. That is too much information at once. I have to sit here and read every single conceivable tech. Right. I am not recommending you do that for your first game. I'm just saying go crazy. But the idea that you can kind of just research whatever for your first game and see how it goes see how it feels oh i, I just want to get to assault cannons. i just want to get war sons get them and see how see how it goes for you right right that is the point of this first game so it's not about understanding the entire tech tree and mastering it right away and knowing exactly what the right tech path is the difference is with joan r you can't really make any mistakes yes you basically have access to any tech you want so if you read a tech and you like it research it right yeah i think that that that's an important thing to note about tech is that 
our goal here is to just have as many out there as possible. Yeah. And you're going to miss like half of them. Yeah. You're going to miss the, you're going to miss when you're supposed to use That's them. Fine. That's all totally cool. Yeah. Uh, we just want it to get into your eyeballs yes. to where you just see it. Um, and the other thing that's important about recommending Jolnar um, is the uh, the experience that adds for the other players in the yes. same way as the NRA. Uh, the Jolnar, even if even if Jolnar doesn't understand how to get other people tech, which is something they can do, they can help other people research yeah. even more tech. Just by virtue of them researching more tech than anybody else, that means those cards, which are all, um, this is a face-up kind of resource yes. that you have, that each player has access to tech and everyone else can see everyone else's tech. Right. Uh, that means more players are going to see that stuff. Right. Now, but who do we give the Jolnar to yeah. in our kind of hypothetical game of six players, this all with is, very different attitudes? This is the opposite of our soul player. This is who's coming in with like, I, I've I've listened to five episodes of Space Cats already. I, I'm already <laughs> kind of obsessed with this game, even though I haven't even played it yet. Right. But I have some confidence going in that I, I decently understand the systems. Yeah going into it so that's kind of our caveat for it is it's like uh we want uh that kind of immersion like type thing of just like ah just throw it all out uh, out at them uh but at the same time we would encourage you to give jolnar to uh the most confident player now we don't mean like that wouldn't be like the teacher probably shouldn't play jolnar because they'll probably just win right because jolnar is a very good faction um but having someone play it i think does uh does help the big benefit there too is and we're going Hunter's reference that we're going to get more into it a little bit later, but um, Jolnar has the opportunity to present their information to others. I researched this tech. It's going to allow me to do this. I'm I'm making this public. I'm not trying to keep secrets here. I'm not allowed right. to keep secrets right. with tech. The, <laughs> yeah, you know tech what I have. You cannot hide it. And so, yeah, it's it's the idea of like, hey guys, I just researched assault cannon. Now, when I go into a fight, if I have three or more ships, I just do an automatic hit. So you all need to fear me in this new way. And everyone goes, whoa. That's a crazy power. Maybe someday I can have assault cannons, right? <laughs> I mean, ba- that, that is basically what we're saying is like everyone needs to be keeping an eye on it. And when Jolnar does crazy stuff, Jolnar gets to say, well, I got this ability through some of the tech that I researched. Right. And you as a new learning player can go, okay, that is a new goal I can aspire to. Right. To, to also have that stuff. And I it, by experiencing it, it became a wish of mine. Sure. All right, who's next? What do we got? It's your old, it's your favorites. I'd love to hear uh, yeah. your, your thoughts on it's another so, POK faction, the Empyrean. Yeah, so we wanted to throw the Empyrean uh, in there. Um, it's another POK faction, uh, which I enjoy uh, having those in. Um, I feel like the Empyrean, uh, early on in POK coming out, uh, a lot of people talked about Empyrean as if like, oh, they're kind of weird. No one's really quite sure uh, how they work. Yeah. However, they kind of settled into... Uh, a deal making slash talking slash trading faction. Now we could have thrown in Hakan here, right? Yeah, yep. the, the one, space cats, the, the big one on the cover that everybody wants to play because they're right there. Right, they're huge. Uh, so the space cats also very good at trading. Um, however, uh, one thing about Hakan that we find a little bit obnoxious for newer players is that Hakan their trading ability does not ramp up. Yeah, it it starts round one. You can trade with every other player at the table. And that is, I think, too overwhelming of an experience. And what I like about Empyrean is it's a little more, hey, okay, so I want to be able to trade with someone. How do I do that? And I I have a card here that seems good. I read it and I feel like this is something good to give to people. And then you kind of naturally go from that thought, I think, to oh, I have to go move a ship to another player in order to trade with them. That's like a really big rule 
to understand. And I feel like Empyrean in the hands of a newer player will help them more obviously reach that yep. that point. Yep. Um, and then the other aspect of it, this is a lot simpler and also more in accordance with our NRA and Jolnar uh, thoughts, is that Empyrean uh, is able to explore the frontier tokens yep. Uh, naturally from the very beginning of the game. And also they're very much incentivized to do it. Yep. Um, so now we also get a look at that deck of cards as well. Yes. So w- I would say everything about that we like. Now, there, I don't think Empyrean is a perfect Mm-mm. faction for uh, your first game. There are some uh, pitfalls there. But I don't know. I, th- I think I think of the... We wanted a deal-making faction, and I think this is the current best option, yeah, basically. For a, for, a, for a learning experience. Yeah, and the player you want to give this to is that person who is more interested in talking themselves out of conflict. Yes. They're talkative. They're deal-making. Uh, they might even bog the game down too much because they're constantly trying to make everything negotiable. But at least Empyrean, everything is very concrete in what it gets somebody. Yeah. And that's the problem with Hakan is that deal-making player in Hakan's hand is just like, I'll do anything for a dollar, man. Like, what do you, like, let's make this happen. Whereas Empyrean's resources are like, it's this or it's nothing. Right. So I know if I want that or not. Right. And, and so it limits that at least a little bit. It, it keeps them restrained just enough while still giving them loads of things to try to sell to other players. And they get to have a lot of fun with that negotiation. And everybody else gets to get involved in that negotiation. Also, Empyrean is the type of faction to give to a player that really wants to buddy-buddy up with another player. Yep. If you've got one player that's like just especially close to somebody else, let them sit next to that person. Yep. And then they can be the Empyrean buddy to that person. Yep. That sounds great. Honestly, an Empyrean... Imp- I think we were going to recommend if you have a teacher playing and you want to stick with these six factions. First off, we weren't even going to recommend that. We were going to be like, teacher, take any of these six out with whatever. Find the five players you have that match these things. Take one out and you become whatever faction you want. But opposite of that or or in, instead of that also i would recommend the empyrean player be your most experienced like if you if you do have a teacher right empyrean would be a great one for that because you're going to unlock everybody else's potential totally significantly more you're going to steer them in directions to allow them to do more stuff another good thing about empyrean that i didn't i just realized is that they um in their 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 faction rules they call a lot of attention to the anomalies which yep. are special hexes right. that i find a lot of new players end up Not. uh ignoring right. almost entirely or just kind of being like ah, i don't remember the special rules to those but the empyrean player is going to learn some of those rules i think a little faster than the other players and hopefully that will kind of distill yeah. to everybody definitely so our sixth and final faction for your first potential game is another prophecy of kings faction and they are called the argent flight yeah they're the birds uh and so the the birds are like really f- like glass cannons, really fast, and they get out all over. It, but then they also, in wherever they have taken, they hold it really really well. So they have cheap uh, faction specific units that can go really far early, and then they can get really good planetary defense system networks. This is just a unit of the game; it's not important right now. But they're they're like our structure focused faction. Uh, this is one that it they are they are sometimes impregnable, right? This is so so you want to give this to a player who is a bit interested in sort of sitting and learning and doing their own things. They can right. be a little bit more introverted because they're going to have their own little system that just sort of works, and other people have difficulty breaking into it and interacting with it. Right, and that's okay with them. They don't that they are overwhelmed by too much talking. Yes, they want to get their stuff and get their money and play the game. The other thing though is there will be. Uh, instances in the game where they have to do some talking because the Argent Flight are also kind of goofy 
in what's called the agenda phase, where everyone's got to start doing some talking. The Argent Flight are a constant hiccup in that agenda phase. And I, I hesitate to to recommend the Argent Flight because it's a bit annoying to have like something that breaks a fundamental rule of a phase of the game. Sure. But Argent's is very, very simple to understand, and it's very easy to quickly see the ramifications of what happens. Basically, Argent Flight is required to always vote first in the agenda phase, which means... It's hard for them to seal the deal. Right. But they get a bunch of extra votes as payment for voting first, which means sometimes they can just jump on an agenda and be like, it's going to go this way. And everyone else is like, it's not worth it for me to turn it in any other direction. Right. And so you get to see more dynamic agenda phases because of the Argent Flight's presence. Yeah. So we wanted to pick Argent for a couple of reasons. We wanted to include a defensive faction because I, uh, I actually, the first time I ever played Twilight Imperium, I was kind of like... I was feeling overwhelmed, of course. And I was thinking like, you know what? I just want to play a faction that kind of has a natural tendency to be like, hey, don't mess with me. You know what I mean? Just like, that's kind of my my instinct in a lot of games for the first time, if it's a strategy game anyways, is to just pick the most defensive faction. We were talking about uh, Extra and we settled on Argent, although I think Extra is kind of close. Yeah. Um, we just feel like the Extra hero is a little bit uh, overwhelming for newer players. Um, but the Argent... What's also cool about them is that they have a faction-specific unit that is very different from the neutral version of that unit. Um, And the other faction we were talking about with that um, specific uh, thing is like the L1-Z1X. The L1, uh, I would say, also kind of almost made the cut here, um, but their hero was a little too wacky. wacky. Too hard to understand. Argent hero is wacky too, but it's at least a little lower stakes um, as far as its wackiness. Um, And also it's good that uh, that we've got another structure faction in there. So we've got got Jolnar and Argent kind of holding up the structures and also like covering different things on their own as well. So yeah, so that's Soul Federation of Soul, Barony Letnev, Nazroka Alliance, Universities of Jolnar, the Empyrean, and the Argent Flight. Um, again, you could throw all of that in the garbage if you want and play whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. But if you're asking for a recommendation, or even if you're most of your players want to play their own thing, but a couple players need some guidance, there's at least some guiding principles for some reliably good first factions. Yeah. So those are those six. So mix mix and matches as you see fit. Okay, now we are playing the game. It took this long. It's an hour in. (laughs) We've just been talking. (laughs) Now we're actually going to play the board game, Twilight Imperium. Let's do one last round of setting expectations as we get into this game and we're getting our, our heads on straight. And what are, what's the right frame of reference we need to go into with what we expect to get out of this first playthrough of Twilight Imperium? Yeah, so Twilight Imperium, long game. Yep. Uh, we can't realistically just do uh, just like a practice game, yeah. although you could just like play the early game and then kind of quit. Yes, yeah, it's also I, possible. I, if your players are willing to do it and you have enough time or you like have a Friday night before your Saturday game, like you're, you're all making a weekend out of it or something, you could play like two rounds that Friday night and just be like, and then we're done. Right. We just, And we're only doing it to learn some of the core mechanisms. Totally. So that tomorrow we're at least a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. That's fine. I would say the but best. I can't it, recommend that to everybody. Yeah, exactly. What, what we want to recommend to you is to actually try and sit down for your first time and play a full game from start to finish. We want you to have that catharsis. Yeah. And what we want to what, what we want you to focus on is that idea of this experience as 
uh, like a story. Yeah. Uh, and uh, not to be so invested in your personal stakes yep. as far as whether you win or lose this game. It's going to be a lot healthier for your first game, which is going to, your first game is going to be, frankly, kind of random. Like, there's going to be, mistakes are going to be made. Uh, and this game has a lot of uh, what we call RNG, yep. which is the idea that just like random things happen and sometimes they benefit a player greatly and then they win. Um, let's not be too invested though in trying to be perfect. Let's not get into what is called analysis paralysis, which is when yep. the game just completely stalls out because one player is trying to think a lot about what is going on. Right. And don't don't step on that player's toes. I am an analysis. Hi, I'm Matt. I <laughs> suffer from analysis paralysis yes. heavily. Yes. What you can do to help that person along is encourage this as more of a co-op game. Totally. It's not. You're going to keep some secrets from each other. You want to pull some tricks on each other. You want to fight each other. That's fine. But at the end of the day, help each other find the strategies for your very first game and yep. focus on the story of everything taking place and and pull your analysis paralysis player into that and, and make light recommendations for them or, or just kind of i even sometimes appreciate just the light reminder like hey uh, it is it's your turn in case you forgot in case you got wrapped up in some line of thinking mm -hmm. that you're trying to get to i'm not rushing you but you don't have to worry too much about this particular action it's gonna we're, we're just all here hanging out buddy i'm your friend and none of us care about winning and it's gonna be okay i i encourage that sort of um atmosphere for a first game totally because um whoever wins this first game you're you didn't outsmart everybody right just to let you know yeah you, i mean especially if all six of you are new yeah you pulled off some slick stuff and you experienced some amazing strokes maybe of the play. rules clicked for you in like one specific right. moment that helped critically right but. but for the most part this game has a lot of randomness to it and it, be, it you do not know how to manipulate that randomness for a very long time yeah so for a very first game the winner, you all won because you experienced the like story of why a certain power rose to rose to power, why yeah. they found that victory. Right. And focus on that story. That's doing another thing too, outside of just like the thematics of the game. Uh, we're about to get into some things about like the objectives structure of this game, but focusing on those objectives and letting those be a guiding principle of like this time the story was about money and a presence near Mechatol Rex. Mechatol Rex was a foundation. You know, like you, you want to lean into the thematics of what these cards are telling you because it helps you learn why they are written the way they are written. Sure. Right. Every yeah, objective yeah. has some sort of like goofy title, but that title is giving you a hint as to what sort of real world actions our factions are taking. Right. It's, it's, not going to be a rewarding experience if it's just like, and then I spent eight resources and won the game. It's like, no, that's nothing, right? right? But the idea that I like maximized my production capabilities and proved to the universe that I had the greatest industry is why I took Mechatol Rex in the end. Like th yeah. those are the stories that engage us in a next Isn't playthrough. Isn't eight, I think eight resources is erecting a monument, yeah. right? So I know, you I, build I, a I, giant statue right. of like the, you know, your your Jolnar fish leader. Right. Your fishy Jolnar right. leader. Lean into those story moments right. for your own benefit and to also take some of the sting off of like, ah, I made a lot of mistakes and didn't understand how every single mechanic would pay off in the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it, the, there's just like a specific attitude to just kind of take, which is just kind of like loosey-goosey. Yeah. Talking through turns, that's something you should do. Like just talk through what you're doing and why. Yes. Um, and then also it helps mistakes get caught. If you start talking through, hey, I'm going to do this thing and right. then that will lead to this thing and somebody hears that and it's actually wrong and they know yep. now you found out early that's great we right. want to find out the more secrets we... you keep the more likely you are going to try to hatch your great oh plot. my god and hey you were wrong about a fundamental rule of the entire board that never that, stops yeah. that's just forever <laughs> that just happens oh we, my god if you are if, if you are new to this we had a tournament game with tournament players where one player got to go Oh well, let me educate you about one of the rules of this game right. that you didn't. Well, know actually, about. that rule's been thrown out. Sure. Now, so the, the education point, has but, been canceled. But the point is, at one point, that rule existed, and uh, a perfectly experienced player didn't even know about that interaction, right? And wouldn't have unless they had described their intentions earlier, right? But instead, they got hurt very badly in the moment right. that they wanted to do the thing. And then we had to all scramble to talk to Dane to get Dane <laughs> to, to, to throw that was. one out because it was too much. <laughs> it was Zippelin. You were, you had become too powerful in that moment. And we had to nerf you. You, you as a person. You had to be nerfed. Okay, Zippelin. Um, okay, newer players have no idea what I'm talking That's about. That's okay. Um, do we want to get into it? Let's get into it. I do, into yeah. The, but, but let's... let's <laughs> at hour eight, exactly. we're getting, getting into Getting into an actual game. But we're reminding ourselves that we are here to gain familiarity with the concept in this game and to lean into the theme so what are the important things for us to learn in this first game right like obviously we're not trying to learn the name and ability of every single action card right there are way too many of those yeah no. so we're not focusing on those kind of but what what is worth investing our energy into yeah like what are the things we need to learn first so uh first thing is actually not going to be command tokens. Command tokens is going to be second. But first thing is let the objectives tell you which mechanics are important. Yeah. So uh, uh, the way this game is the way this game is played, there's ten points. Okay. Yep. Uh, public objectives come out. They tell you to do a certain thing. You do that thing, then you score the point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you scored it at a specific time, but each objective is kind of associated with one of the many. Um, different components of the game. Some right. of them might be about structures, and then, hey, we're going to learn about structures because everybody has to build structures right, right now. Sometimes it'll be, hey, we want tech. Everybody needs to be focusing on tech. Right. I would encourage you to let the order of you learning about each mechanic be kind of guided by the... Because, listen, like it's not that important that you research technology right yep. now if there's no objective associated with it um a lot of people when you're trying to play optimally uh will try and do that but we're not trying we're not to play yet. optimally we're trying to just do one thing right now that yep. makes sense this is this is doing two things one it's guiding you down a fundamental principle of the game mm -hmm. which is you only win through the objectives anyways right so you don't need to be investing effort into anything Everything. that doesn't get you yeah. points yeah uh it, this is not a euro where like oh i can kind of like pick an engine and if i make that engine work as good as it can i'll win if you make a perfect pds network and there's no structure objectives you you won't it win it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah. your pds network does nothing for you so you have to invest in what the game what this particular session of twilight imperium cares about right and and the second thing that that does for you is slows your role a little bit on what what you deem important because yes. every everything is important but only certain stuff 
is gonna win you this game. So yeah, let's just take it easy and let the let the objectives guide you. Uh, also, hey, uh, if you're the person teaching this game to your five other friends, uh, don't be afraid to rig the objective. Deck. Maybe just it's rig okay. it. Just huh? rig it. Uh, like, some some things to think about with rigging the deck. Put a little bit of everything in there. Don't make this just like a all spendy game. We don't want to just kind of bore everybody to tears by only right. having one style of deck. Make them do many different tasks. And the other little tip, if you're going to rig the deck, which is fine to do, uh, put tech and structure objectives in really early. Yeah. Uh, because those actually require long-term investment and it's really annoying when those come up as like the fifth uh, revealed objective. Sure. And, then, and then everybody just goes, well, none of us have time to do that. This stinks. Yeah. Um, so so if you're going to do that for like a real proper learning game, it's okay. Just rig the deck. That's, I like that. It's not going to be a big deal. I think I think people should rig the deck for their first, uh, for the first. I mean, obviously you can't. I think people should rig the deck for like, I don't know, like the finals of a tournament. The finals of the Space Cats Peace yeah, Tournament. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I Is like, that going to be rigged? I, I mean, know. well, I mean, I, I have the script right here. Yeah. It's crazy. The winner. Yeah. Not even one of the players in the tournament, but you got. Oh wow, that's that's so surprising. That's so that's, crazy. That's it's so crazy. it's uh, milty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes back. Uh, okay, so next up, uh, we we're letting the objectives guide us, but there are some kind of core mechanics that we all just need to know. The most important one we've talked about a couple times: command tokens. Command tokens interact with uh, kind of everything. Um, yeah. The entire so so if if we're just looking at this game as space risk, the only way we move our units on the space risk board is with command tokens. Yeah. Everything is an activate, then move, then fight, then build. That's yeah. like a that is the core structure of a tactical action. Uh, this is a thing that is difficult for a brand new player to get their head around. And if you can get them to understand how a tactical action works and then also how their command sheet functions, they can get through everything else themselves. But we have seen so many new players come, even if they're like super experienced at other games, there's not a ton of games that share this command token function. It's a weird system. It's a weird system that once you know it, it's very, very smooth, but oh, it's it, beautiful. it is always a hurdle yeah. to get over. Yeah. So spend time focusing on that over everything else. And you know what's great about that is round one, it's kind of the only thing you can deal with. Right. You're not neighbors with anybody yet. Nobody's on Mechatol Rex. There's, there's not much that can happen. So all you're doing is activating a system, moving your ships out, taking the planet. All right, we did it. I'm going to activate the system with my space duck so that I can build out of that space duck. It's just little, little things like that and focus on how to make sense of all of that. That goes also with your command sheet. Uh, you have a tactic pool, a fleet pool, and a strategic pool, a strategy pool. Those three areas are like the three different ways you can use tokens and coming to a fundamental understanding of strategically what those decisions do for you is the crux of the game. Yeah, I, I it's the thing that if you are only going to learn one thing from your first game, yeah. let's let's make it this yeah. because this is like that thing that if you are messing this up, then you're messing up like all of your turns. Yeah. So let's get this down. Uh, I, it's a pretty... I think that once you get past the weirdness of it, it becomes pretty simple. There's still some very common mistakes people make. Um, the idea of the command token system is that once in, in a single round of play, um, once you have placed a command token on one of the hexes, you're kind of saying, whatever I did there, that's it mm -hmm. in that hex. I yeah. can do stuff in other hexes. I can place... Uh, a command token and do other things, but you're sort of committing to that action in that moment. And then you're not going to do that again yep. until you're done. And then we will go to the next right. round. Right. 
Um, so that that is very important. It's important to remember that there's a commitment that you're sort of making whenever you throw one of those down there yeah. um, and that it is not easily overridden. And And that commitment, there are little ways that you will discover throughout the game that make it not a commitment. But that's what you're going to uncover as you play. Sure. You need to understand that it's a commitment first, and then you go, oh, but wait, the warfare strategy card. Or like, I came across this random action card that make that not a big deal. Sure. And I can take the command token off the board. Those are things that will matter later, but for now, you need to recognize like, this moved, and now it's stuck. It's the cardinal rule that is sometimes broken yep. in special cases. Uh, so then after after we've properly figured out command counters, the other thing we really want to focus on, and when I teach the game to new players, my the, the, the most annoying hurdle to get over is the strategy cards. And here's why. We talked about earlier, uh, you're going to build a map as your first thing, and that stinks because you're going to make a bunch of decisions you don't understand the implications of. Well, the second decision you make in a game, or if you did a pre-made map, the new first decision you make is you have to pick a strategy card to start the game with. And these strategy cards are your entry point to the eight primary economies of the game. Right. They control the things. They, they control the output of structures and technology and command tokens and secret objectives and everything. And there's eight of them. There's eight of them. So that's kind of annoying that you have to learn eight of a thing yep. and then immediately make a decision right. on which one of those eight that you are picking for your first round of play. So when you sit down to play the game, what we want to do for you right now is give you a little tool to skip that first time because what what always stinks about learning this game is like okay we've learned the whole game let's all sit down and all slowly read every single strategy card yeah, so that we no, can all no, figure no, out no. what this decision nah, is no, 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 no you don't care you don't care about that right now you only care about the thematics of what the strategy the card basic will benefit idea of you. what it does whenever you whenever yeah. you go to play your own card you can then read it and follow whatever it says at uh, that on, point at that in the point. round when you decide you want to play. You might yeah. want to do other stuff first. So let's just go through them very, very quickly. Leadership is the first card in, in your initiative order. That initiative order is the turns, like it's the order you will all be playing. So the first player is going to be the one with this card, leadership. And leadership gets you command tokens. Great. That's hey, those are important. We yep. just talked you about just how important they are. You just learned that those are important. Yeah. So and having more means you get more turns, which really is great. Really good. Yep. Uh, diplomacy. All you need to know about diplomacy right now in this moment is it protects a hex from being attacked by other players. It's it's like a peaceful thing. It's like yep. saying, hey, right there, no one can go there. There's other stuff that happens with it. We're not going to care about Don't it. Don't worry about that. Round one, probably nobody should even pick it, and that's fine. You're going to learn later maybe the reasons when and why you would pick it round one. Yep. For now, it locks down something nobody's going to touch. Yep. Who cares? Third up is politics. Politics moves the speaker token around, which controls the order in which we pick these strategy cards right here in front of us next time. Yep. So I'm taking politics because I want a better strategy card next round. Yep. This is something to pick, you know, if you're if you're the fourth person to choose yep. and you feel like everything doesn't sound that good to you, go ahead and just pick politics and next time you get to pick you get first. You're going to be the number one person. Yep. Fourth is construction. It gets you structures, space docks and PDS. And if those sound good to you, get it. Yep. There's ne never never anything wrong with getting more of those. Uh, fifth is trade. Trade, let's think of trade as a concept. It unlocks my ability to start doing money stuff with people. It's also just going to get you some free money, but mostly it unlocks the potential of all of us to start our negotiations. Yes. Yeah. In Twilight Imperium, players can trade each other money. Yeah. 
and this helps you do that. Yeah. Uh, sixth is Warfare. For our early game consideration, it's it's going to allow us to move one fleet twice. Not in a single moment. It's, it's actually a very, very slow process, but a fleet will get to move, and then you'll get to take that token off the board, and then you get to move that fleet again. Yeah. So That's, you br- you break the cardinal rule that yeah. we just explained to you. That's right. Uh, seventh is technology. Very simple. You get to get you research for free, and you also unlock everybody else's potential to do some researching. But it costs them money. But this is how you get tech. Very, yeah. very, very, very simple. Simply the easiest one to understand, basically. Yeah. And then finally is number eight, imperial, which allows you to score points you will not have access to yet. Don't pick this round one. Yeah. Don't don't even worry about it. You're not. You actually. You as a group, six players. You only have six cards to worry about. One, three, four, five, seven. Six, sorry. One, one, three, four, five, six, seven. That's what you're picking from. Two and eight are going to sit there. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how you're going to start this game. And then as you play the game, someone's going to go, hey, I think I'm going to use this leadership card now. Let me read it to the whole table and we can all understand Love what it. happens when I do this strategy card. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I didn't play it at the most opportune time. Maybe, I, maybe I'll next time understand a better timing for this strategy card in round one. That's okay. We made a mistake this round. We didn't know. Yeah. Well, it, it's, there's a lot you don't know. <laughs> there's a lot you don't know. There's really a lot you don't know. Um, okay, so for our next and final section of the episode, we want to talk about the order of the uh, of the different aspects of Twilight Imperium, uh, the order in which they present themselves uh, to you. Yeah. So basically, everything that we haven't talked about yet, we are just going to assume that maybe a good way to learn this uh, especially if you're just trying to learn by playing, is just learn it as you encounter it in a game of Twilight Imperium. Because, you know, you start round one of TI, and it's not like it just dumps everything on you at once. There actually is kind of an order of when certain rules and mechanics are relevant. Yeah, yeah. So, and we kind of talked about this earlier, like with the Prophecy of Kings. Prophecy of Kings introduces itself to you. So does all of Twilight Imperium. Totally. So so we are letting we're letting the objectives guide us, and we are also letting these core principles guide us of like a thing's not important until it's even possible to do. Yes. That's obviously for like a high tier strategy player. It matters to them in round one what they'll be able to do in round five. But right. for this game, we're not there yet. We need Just to worry about what's possible in round one. Let yourself be a little bit short sighted for yeah. the sake of learning the stuff right in front of you right now. Exactly. That is like such a core principle of this entire episode. And I hope that part has come through because I feel like we've restated that <laughs> yeah. like a million different times. So in the very first round of the game, um, actually, first off, I'll say this. There's not very many rounds to Twilight Imperium. The thing you know about Twilight Imperium right now is that it might take 10 hours. You might only have five rounds of play. Yeah in those 10 hours it's going to take you two hours per round oh god i hope not i hope i didn't just scare you off yeah from all of that oh man the rounds the rounds can get long too i I hate round four sometimes (laughs) i wish we could just skip round four yeah the reality is round one is like one hour and then somewhere you get a three hour somehow (laughs) somewhere there's gonna be a real long real bad round anyways round one what are our focuses what are we expecting to learn and what are we leaning into so that we make sure that by the end of round one we want all of these concepts to be understood by everyone at the table and we're all checking in with each other to make sure hey do you do are we do do we all feel good about all of these concepts because if somebody isn't we should take a second and explain what happened in our round one to everybody at the table so that we can go, okay, I didn't understand what happened when you played trade over there. Can you talk about right. what trade did? Because I, I didn't fully grok that. 
Round one, we're worried about that activation tactical action sequence. What happens when I activate a system and then I'm allowed to move ships in and all of that? What happens when movement occurs? What even, real quick, so what activate, what we mean when we say activated, that's just the word uh, in the rule book for when you take one of your command tokens off of your command sheet and you place it on a hex yep. and then all these things happen yep. movement There's a list and, you can yep. look at the list on next to your command sheet there's a little thing that might have been tucked underneath your faction sheet it, it walks you through the entirety of a tactical action and honestly in round one all you really need to know from that even from that list is moving your ships yep. and then taking planets you right. take a planet by putting one of your little infantry or one of your mechs yep. on a planet and then you take the planet card and you're like this is my planet this now this is mine now uh on top, so on top of that activation and planet acquisition, you will also immediately have to explore. Right. And because we're playing with Prophecy of Kings, we want to understand on a fundamental level the importance of exploration. We're not going to understand everything in the whole deck, although I will let you in on a little tip. The decks themselves may as well be public information because everything that comes out of those decks is face-up public information. Right. Which means someone could realistically grab the industrial trait deck, look through what is left in it, so they have an anticipation of what's to come, and then they could shuffle that deck up and put it back on the on the table and draw a card from it. Right. That that is okay. It it is it should be you don't, you all do not know everything that's in every single deck, but you will eventually know everything that's in every single deck. So it's totally okay to just grab those exploration decks and look what's in them. Totally. As long as you shuffle them after. You just got to shuffle. That's all you got to do. But you want to gain an insight into how those exploration decks differ from each other. And what you're going to get from each of those things and, and how it, how exploration changes the board itself through these things called attachments. That's kind of what we're trying to understand and experience through exploration. All right. Next thing is our strategy cards, which everyone will have chosen at the beginning of the round. And then at some point in the round, you will play a strategy card. Like we said before, um, just learn the Cliff Notes version of the strategy cards whenever you pick. Yep. And whenever uh, each player plays their strategy card, uh, walk through yes. what it specifically says on the card and then find out what it is you are supposed to do. There are things that you do sometimes even when other players are playing their strategy card. Yep. That is the, the uh, a fundamental aspect of Twilight Imperium built into the pace yep. of the game. Yeah, I would treat strategy cards like a new phase. Hey, I am now unlocking the leadership phase of the game. Sure. Everyone tune in because we are about to do leadership together. Yeah. It stops everyone in their tracks and we all pay attention to this thing. Yeah. So we all want to make sure we all understand every single strategy card that got played within a round. Yeah. Uh, we also want to make sure we understand how having stuff adjacent to other players uh, interacts with every component that we have. Basically, we want to learn about trading. Trading is very important but you have to have neighbors to trade. And we need to learn what that means. And so round one, that can be kind of difficult, but you probably ended up with a couple neighbors round one. Right. And so understanding that context and why that's important is a big deal. You might not understand everything about this after round one. And some, some of your players might be like, I don't fully understand this concept yet. You'll learn more about it in round two. So check back in on neighbors later. But you there's some of it you're going to have bumped up against in round one. And we yeah. want you to have that expectation. Uh, the other big thing you're going to have access to is your agent. Your agent is a um, tradable uh, ability yep. that you have. Uh, they're not that, uh, well, I should say, they're not all um, tradable, but many of them are, uh, especially the six that we picked yep. uh, for you to choose from. Um, you will look at those and you'll go, Cool, I guess that's an extra thing I get to do, but also it's an extra thing somebody else could get to do yeah, as totally. well. So, yeah, so look at how it could benefit you or look how you could sell it to benefit somebody else. Yeah. Primarily though, round one, it's probably for you. 
That's probably for you. You yeah, probably mostly. don't even have a neighbor to sell it to yet anyways. Yeah, so just use it for yourself right. and, and primarily figure out when is probably the proper timing of when to use that agent. Because some are like, hey, use it right away. And some are like, wait till the last possible second to do it. Right. And gaining that understanding is good. Okay. Now we're getting into rounds two and three. We've been here for like two hours. <laughs> we're trying to figure out this game. Uh, so the core concepts for like our second and third round of the game are, that's when someone takes what's called the custodian's token on Mechatol Rex. Mechatol Ooh. Rex is this giant planet that's been beaming at us from the center of the board. And it had a token that was worth a victory point on it. And victory points, don't know if we talked about this very much, that's how you win the board game. Yeah. So it's very You got to get 10 of them yeah. uh, or 14 if you're playing <laughs> a cool guy game. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I hate those. Uh, custodians, six influence you got to spend. You don't even know what influence is. Don't worry about it. It's a thing. Yeah. You'll have it. You'll know it by round two. And you get one measly point. Yeah. No big deal. Actually, it's a huge deal. It's but a huge for deal. For you right now, maybe you just think of it not big. The core idea here, though, is you probably, nobody probably had enough ability to get it round one, but somebody probably could get it round two or round three. Sure. Uh, and that unlocked the agenda phase. We're going to learn agendas here by the end of round two, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, that's important. That's uh, a whole phase of the game we're barely even going to talk about in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's like politics and stuff, but we don't even have time. We don't have time. Just know it, it exists. <laughs> Uh, we will also, somewhere in this range, people will start unlocking their commanders. Your commander uh -huh. starts face down with a thing that says, hey, you only get this when you do X, and every single faction is different. And this is a signpost for you as your faction to go, hey, I should probably focus on this kind of thing. It's a little hint from the designer saying, yeah. hey, you're good at this. So do lean into this yep. and I will reward you with, with a little extra ability. Yep. So w hopefully we've all started unlocking our commanders by the end of round three. Uh, we also, most of us, except for our Nasroka friend who started with a mech, most of us don't start with mechs. So we've started building mechs uh, and even just more units in general. Some of us might have even built a flagship. Uh, flagships and mechs specifically I'm calling out because they are... Uh, faction specific units that in, that give you new ab extra abilities yep. whereas most of your other units are not there are they some faction stuff, specific yeah. units but for the most part everybody's got kind of the same milieu of units um, but you've been building more of them and starting to gain a concept of what a decent fleet might look like if you want to smash your stuff against somebody else there's a lot of rock paper scissors to the units that you might be start slowly starting to gain a grasp to although you may not have had a single combat by the end of round three. That is entirely possible. Super normal. Yeah, if not likely to yeah. not have a, co totally. a combat totally. by, by the end of round three, for, well, especially for a first game. What else can you do at this point in the game? There's also, now we're really getting into our trading and our negotiations. There's a lot more talking because now we are all next to each other. Round one, there was some important negotiations that happened with the couple people who found a neighbor. Yeah. By the end of round three, you are neighbors with most of the table. Sure. You should have options. Actually, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I am, because uh, I want you to have fun. I want you to have fun with this game. And I want you to experience the good stuff in it. When we get to round two, and definitely by round three, I want you to look at what you have in front of you and trade one of those things. Yeah. No matter what. Even if it's not good. It if somebody's like, ah, oh, that's not very good. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, or they're, trade they're just like, your I not good thing for their not good thing. Sure. Like, just, just find, and in fact, just the whole table can just say, hey, so just to kind of simulate how this game is supposed to work, I think we should all try and make a deal with each other of yep. some kind. It can be little stuff. You can be trading, you know, just kind of peanuts around or whatever. Yeah. But trade something. Yeah. Just do it because that is where this game really shines. And it's the hardest thing to be good at from yep. the get-go. There's really no way to be good at yeah. it from the get-go because you have to know so much about the game to inform sure. you in order to make a good trade or something. Um, so I, I, just do it. I, I encourage two of you 
not all of you, but two of you, to look at your promissory note that is called the support for the throne. (laughs) And I encourage just two of you to give those to each other. Yeah. And figure out what that does to everything else you do. How freaky that is. It's really weird. Dane should really take that out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hashtag. all right, let's talk about uh, the late game or the end game yeah. or so, whatever you call so it. So when we talk about Twilight Imperium as people who play it a lot, we have this understanding that the game generally ends by the end of round five. If I know it's a good game. You're already almost done. If you make but it past round five, that means everybody loses, everybody yeah, fails. You're all here way too long. Now, uh, so you, you all may not be there, but if you're in round four and five, you are probably at the very least kind of in what we call the end game. Um, so some of the first concepts to understand about the end game is, hey, people are starting to get their heroes unlocked. Yeah. Every hero has a universal unlock. Everybody's hero unlocks when you have scored three objectives. Right. Public or secret. Right. So we're all keeping an eye on like how many points everyone has. It's not it's not points you scored, though. A support for the throne or the custodians does not unlock your hero. Those yeah. are not objectives. Sure, there are abse- uh, uh, exceptions to that. It's yeah. score three objectives, not score three points. That's right. right. Now, it makes no difference. Doesn't to, that doesn't matter to you. Regardless, but by rounds four thing. and five, it does make sense to you and people have their heroes and you need to start to recognize what a powerful impact some of these heroes are going to have on the table and how much you might need to fear somebody that has not been that scary to you so far it's kind of like it's like their ultimate yes it's like the the big it's like whenever you know when you're playing smash and you get this (laughs) this final smash ball thing and then star fox like is flying around in the r-wing shooting at that's you shooting at the that's you you're that now you know (laughs) Or when Mario gets all big and he shoots a big <laughs> fireball. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Or like the one where um, uh, Incineroar hits the guy into the <laughs> into the on the ropes of like like a boxing thing. It's like a, he hits him into the. Is that uh-huh. Incineroar? Or is that Lil Mac? I don't. Know. I don't remember. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, so we've got we've got heroes. We're also. We, we've gone through numerous rounds of status phases. We're starting to gain a pretty good idea of the fact that scoring order and scoring points, that stuff matters. Like the end of the round, we're keeping an eye on. Yeah. Uh, the person who has leadership scores points first. And if someone scores 10 points, the game ends instantly. Yep. So rounds four and five, we're looking at who has leadership and going, hey, could they win this round? Could they win? We need to double check if they can win or not. Right. And we start keeping an eye out for everybody else. You might not even. It, it's okay if you don't even get to it's that fine. point, though. Also, a lot of the times when like because I feel like when I see newer players play, the game ends and they're all just kind of surprised. Yeah. And that's fine, too. It is. You fine. don't have to get to this level. But if of you like, want, if you are very specifically trying to feel everything that ti can give you and also you don't want the game to end in a fizzle like you're actively trying to avoid that i want to open your mind up to a little concept known as win making hi wine making i'm your dark i'm your dark friend are you talking about wine making come join me stomp on the grapes Uh, we we want you we want to encourage you in your first game to make enemies of your friends. Yeah, uh, your friends are. We've had a good time this whole time, and we're telling a great grand story. That's not your friend. That's the Federation of Soul over there. Yeah, that's not Jimmy. Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's gone. <laughs> He's never coming back. <laughs> He's only your enemy or friend, depending on what direction we're, we're going. telling the story of how Jimmy flew too close to, I mean, of how the Federation of Soul flew, flew too close yep, to the sun yep. and you had to stop them with everything you had right. so that instead Carol could win. Yeah. Stab Jimmy in the back. <laughs> 
Leave him in the. I mean, not Carol the Empyrean. <laughs> I'm really messing up this whole thing. <laughs> Carol's got this. Carol's got. So, anyways, the point of this game is that the end game turns into like, ah, everybody's getting really close and we have to do something about it. Yeah. And I want you to feel that as a new player. The tension of that. Yeah. The, Somebody's the bad win. feelings that come from that. Yeah. So that after the game, you can talk about it and go, hey, I didn't like it that you just completely cut my legs off and let somebody else win. You all can learn from that. And then you can say, that. W- I didn't do that to Jimmy. I, I did, did that, that to the Federation, Federation of Soul. Soul. Yep. <laughs> there we go. But, but it, those are important discussions that come up in every single Twilight Imperium group and every TI game of like, hey, I think I, the post game of TI is going, hey, when you did this, it set off a chain of events that I don't even think you fully understood. Yeah. And, and everybody accuses everybody else of win making. Don't get uh, mad about that stuff. Even if it's if you're playing with strangers, let's try to come to all of this with an empathetic understanding of we were all just trying to get something out of this first game. Yeah, it's your first game. You know what? I'm going to take a completely different route than you're taking right now. I'm going to say it's your first game. Just let there be a winner. Yeah. Like just let somebody win and then be like, cool. They did we it. learned some stuff there. Yep. That was the winner. That was the end of the story. I would say not to overthink right. the end of your first game of Twilight Imperium right. because... There's a lot of stuff you miss exactly uh, along the way. I, I, I'm basically saying it goes both ways. You can have a game that fizzles out, or you can have a win that was completely robbed from you, and you do not feel like it was justified. And both of those are valid ways for a Twilight Imperium game to end. Those are the two main ways. Those are the that two they main ways. It's like fifty percent, like eighty-five percent of games are those two ways yeah. that TI ends. And I want you to welcome that into your heart. And if you if you welcome are incapable. Of welcoming that into your heart, then that is the situation where maybe TI is not for you because a lot of games of TI end with that kind of conflict. But oh, more yeah. importantly, what we can do is we can look at the final board state and assess all of our mistakes that we made along the way. Yeah. Where we thought we were getting something out of an action and we didn't end up getting that out of that action. And what could we have done instead to get the result we wanted? Ooh. And actually, we I want to talk about this before we before we close up here. Um, the idea of major misunderstandings, major yeah. mistakes. Yeah. What do we do when someone is like, they've, they've made all these choices and then they go to do this thing and uh-oh, because of a weird nitpicky stupid <laughs> rule, we can't do that now. Yep. I would say on the first game, and maybe I'm gonna get some heat for this. <sighs> I think that when there's a major misunderstanding and someone has made a lot of decisions based on something, yep. just find a way to m- make that player feel good yep. about where they're at. Now, does that mean maybe you should break a rule for a second? Yep. Maybe. Yep. Maybe you should do that. Maybe, is it, oh, is it easily walked back? Oh, cool, lucky us. Yes. Now we can just fix Th- there's it. A, there's a core concept to a lot of groups. Uh, you'll also know this if you play some golf. Hey, we can mulligan. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. There's a certain amount of mulligan that's allowed, especially in these early games oh, as we're yeah. learning. If so, yeah, there's there's two core paths. There's let's just break the rule for now. You you have been thinking about this play for four hours and building everything you had up to this play and didn't know that you can't do it at all. How about today? We all recognize together as a group, hey, so and so's not allowed to do this, but we're gonna do it right now. Right. Because they, they thought so and so though game. in the future, you don't ever get to do this again. This right is now, more we're doing it. casual yes. than a casual game. Right. Okay, this is a learning game. Exactly. You know, the, the the other option there is instead of letting them do the thing, you go, okay, well, they they researched 
War Sons and then built a War Son and had a fundamental misunderstanding of what War Sons did, can we let them swap those War Sons out for some sure. other units totally. and get a new tech? Totally. Let's just do that. Let's rewind time. They made a bunch of different decisions so that they don't end up with the unit they never actually wanted because they didn't understand how it worked. Yeah, just like come to some sort of agreement on how to resolve stuff like that. Don't, what uh, what I would say not to do, maybe it's better to just say what not to do instead of go down this rabbit hole of trying to figure out like all the different ways yes. you could correct a mistake. Don't make someone just, like don't just like ruin someone's game just don't because just they misunderstood. Don't just let them sit in it. Yeah, don't just let them sit in a mistake. It's their first game. Yeah. Like it is so easy to mess up the rules of this game. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. There's so many little I mean, it's a stupid, horrible, stupid, bad game. I mean, it's really stupid and bad and horrible. Shouldn't be playing it. But you are playing it because you're crazy like me. Uh, welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome to our hole. Um, so uh, you just let it go. You yep. know what I mean? Just just, just like let it go. Make it right. There will be plenty of time for you to become a, a tournament level Nitpicker. TI play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, a TI wizard, okay? Yeah. And you can send us stuff about how we're wrong about everything sure. and Mahawk is actually great and yeah. Arborek actually rules. And you'll get just, there. Boy, you're going to hate us someday. Oh, I can't wait for you <laughs> to get to that point where you have the confidence necessary <laughs> to message me at three o'clock in the morning to say, hey, you're wrong about a lot of stuff, you dolt. <laughs> You dingus, you don't know the thing like I know the thing. Yeah. Uh, the, our last little point of advice and things you can learn, if you find yourself in round seven of tw uh, of a game of Twilight Imperium... You can stop. You can stop playing. Yeah, you can just... You can, hey, y'all. Yeah, you can call it You today. probably all either had a lot Unless of fun... Unless you're not tired, if you're then not whatever. Tired, great. Yeah. But it's probably been a long time, and maybe you all just should vote for a winner. Yep. Because yeah. you probably, the, the reason you all ended up in round seven is either, boy, you all hurt each other a lot and did very mean things to each other and probably had a lot of fun. So that's great for you. Or you all had quite a lot of fundamental misunderstandings yes. about the game that, that hampered many of you from scoring the points you thought you might be able to score. At which point it's good to just like scrap it and do a new game next time. Yep. I, yep. I, I don't recommend forcing yourself to see this game to completion because if you're having a hard time scoring in round seven, the 10th point isn't going to be any more satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> that's this, true. At this point. That's true. So yeah, recognize when it's time uh, to call it because everybody is just way too tired yep. because you're all new and uh, things take way longer uh, than they should. Yep. You know, don't let it solely your experience that you burned out. Yeah. In a first game because yeah. you, you'll get faster in future games and you won't burn out as bad. Yeah. But burnout is a part of this game. You can watch any game of the tournament and you can hear it in Hunter and I's commentary voices. We're not even playing the game. And by hour eight, we're like, okay, well, so, okay, now Federations of Soul is going to activate Lodor and, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. They're going to do another fight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sleepy. So this is, this is, you just listened to, uh, I hope this was your first episode. And, <laughs> uh, you just listened to an hour and 40 some odd minutes of, two people talking about thinking about learning about thinking about learning a game i hope you are ready for this journey just just get into it yeah. and dedicate your entire life to it go right now into <laughs> where you keep your board games and just start throwing them Throw one at a time one at a time in the garbage look at one <laughs> and just spit on it and then toss it and then, and then once you have all those in one big garbage can, yeah. uh, well, donate it or burn it. <laughs>
Yeah, we've grabbed you by the ghoulies, and there's no going back. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. It's a magic spell we cast. If you enjoyed this hour and 40-some-odd minutes, uh, I've got good news for you. You are a weirdo like we are. You might be a Twilight Imperium (laughs) player. (laughs) Here's your sign. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's all worth it. Oh, it's God. all worth it. Oh. Hey, we do this thing at the end of every episode where we oh thank the amazing people who contribute <laughs> to this show. I want to thank our weird bears, Farganess, Squeamish Emu, Bot Bot, Ponchadori, Brian, Kaluin, John, Son of Leto, Mate Nason, Sunfax, Absol, Rwise, Bro, Duel, Fweddy, Rumor Hippo, Kraken, Billy, Brassbird, and TG Welts. And I want to thank our little peace turtles. Naderade, Patience is a Virtue, Gazkio, Dark Jutsu, Brave Sir Robin, Uncle Batty, Frank G, Carnal, my son is also named Bort, Anvalier, King Scal, 64, Alice, Goondock, Nick, Istoria, and Teddy's Jam for you. Thank you all so Thanks. much for making this show possible. If you want to contribute to that, we do have a Patreon uh, that you can go hit up, uh, patreon.com slash turtles. You can also find it on our website, spacecatspeacetotals.com. And uh, if this was engaging content to you, maybe you'll consider uh, contributing to the show and making more stuff like it possible. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about video stuff. We also yeah. do video stuff. Hey, video welcome stuff. to it. Um, so on uh, July 3rd, 10 a.m. Central Time, which is 15 o'clock UTC, I am finally catching up on my Homebrewers Guild game. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what the Homebrewers Guild is, uh, basically it's where uh, a group of people, uh, it's a Patreon tier, they basically contribute homebrew made-up rule stuff uh, yeah, and then I you know how we just talked about there's a bunch of rules? <laughs> sometimes we make up our own rules, Yeah, sometimes too. we add our own stuff to the game. <laughs> uh, we have one coming up that's supposed to be faction promissory notes and exploration cards. I had to do a double because I have not been able yep. to play this game because of the tournament, took over my life, and would not let go. Yep. Um, so that is, I am finally catching up on July 3rd, 10 a.m., uh, central uh, time so please uh, please check that out because it's gonna take uh, actually a lot of prep work because homebrewers guild has been going ham yeah, for two straight months <laughs> they love it and they have given me so much genius stuff yeah the problem is that they've given me so much i am drowning in homebrew right now <laughs> i am literally drowning in homebrew okay and i sound angry i'm, I'm not angry thrilled but it's a there's a little there's a first step that is hunter has to it's, do a lot of work i have to sift through so much stuff and get it imported into the the mod yeah uh, already gonna go ahead and apologize for the stuff that i'm sure at this point i mean and guild you must understand this <laughs> that at some point you added so many genius things that now i will have to leave good stuff yeah. on the table that has not been true of the other ones yeah. in my opinion yeah, yeah, i think yeah. i will i mean well there was good stuff that there were okay stuff that would kind of get left aside, but this is like straight up genius stuff gonna is just going to get left. We aside. may have to, when the tournament is properly over, like revisit a bunch of these and do more homebrewer streams yeah. just to like get them back in there. I want to talk to you about our tournament. We uh, do a massive Twilight Imperium tournament. It's Again, the biggest. It's the biggest Twilight we Imperium We finally tournament. beat that other, other tournament, <laughs> This the one by those Space Cats Peace Turtles guys. Yeah. We are kicking their yeah. butts, okay? So since... March of 2021, we have been doing a tournament with 336 players. Those 336 players are down to 36 players. 300 are out. They were all bad at the game, (laughs) and they live in shame now eternally. (laughs) But the, the 36 that survived are playing in our semifinals, which are coming up soon. And I want to give you the dates and players of all of our semifinals games. Here we go. Game one, Friday, July 9th at 7 
UTC. I have to wake up at 2 a.m. for this game. Please come join us for this. Hey, Euros, everyone in Europe, please come hang out on this game because this game is the first game of the semifinals and I don't want it to have like 30 Twitch views. Also, if you are like a Euro, uh, like Twilight Imperium fan, you got some people in this game. Yeah, you got this one's a stacked Euro game because this is when all the Euro people could play. Again, 7 UTC, July 9th, Friday. Talagos, Jasper, Zippelin, Patience is a virtue. Eleven spoons and Doctor Tristan. This yeah. is a this is a massive game. Yeah, uh, they're all massive, but I just th- this one scares me with uh, with some of the players that have a history in our tournament. Yeah, I should say, uh, and and some new faces that, that are, are very exciting. So this is uh, a pretty stacked yeah, game. Yeah, game two Saturday, July tenth at thirteen UTC. We've got Connors, the humble checkmate, Grindin, MJ Ultra, Kool Aid. And Kraken. Yeah. And if you know anything about Kraken, expe- so there's no time limit, Kraken. Yeah. Uh, so that But don't means- go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually, I might just impromptu incorporate a time limit <laughs> yeah. and just say- We'll see how Kraken's draft goes, and then we'll suddenly be like, hey, uh, actually, there's going to be a time limit on yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah. Kraken goes long, okay? Kraken goes Which long. Which is, that should be his new nickname. I Kraken expect the long. other five players to, like, keep Kraken in line. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're basically like playing. We're yeah, starting the right? g- game we two started, started right now, and we're doing the, the, <laughs> the we're laying down the meta for that. Game number three is Sunday, July eleventh at eleven UTC, and we've got Tail Gunner, Ollie, Walrus Berserker, Wolfen, S Pilgrim, and Dadakasin. Dadok is in. Dadok That's what it is. Isn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, it's yeah. like a play on man. That. People who make crazy names, you do such a. You do such a cruelty to me and my brain. Uh, no, I love it. I, I, I like keep them, keep them wild. So uh, that's the first weekend of the semifinals, July 9th through the 11th, one Friday, one Saturday, one Sunday. Then the next weekend, we kick it off with game number four, Friday, July 16th at 16 UTC. Thankfully for, for me as an American, this one is more comfortably positioned for me to actually have a, a brain. Anyways, July 16th at 1600, we've got Planet Earth, Savage 13, Andra, Alice, Previous finalist Micmac Moose, and we got Rando Calrissian, the best name on the Discord server. Oh my God, this is another great game, stacked yeah. game. Uh, Planet Earth's game, obviously one of the most exciting yeah, games of the prelims. Moments. Uh, I got my eye on Rando. I played with Alice recently. Uh, very good player. Yeah. Uh, Micmac Moose, also of course we classic. Yeah. This is a that's a that's gonna be a big one. Big one. Game five is the next day, Saturday, July seventeenth at fifteen hundred UTC. We got Axel. My most anticipated player. Oh, yeah, you're big on Axel. I'm a big Axel guy. Frank G, Sir Thomas, Mozart, Hammer, and Goldie. Yeah. Big one. This one's got a lot of uh, this one's got a lot of people who were qualifiers who also won their pre. We've got people who have already won two games. Yeah, in this that, one game three is that way too, yeah. where we have some qualifying players that made it through as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, excited about Frank G as well. Frank G's yeah. game was uh, very very, very cool. good. Yeah. And finally, the final game of the semis, where we will crown our sixth finalist, Sunday, July eighteenth at fourteen hundred UTC. We've got. G, Teddy's Jam for You, Visor John, James K. Polk, Protein Ninja, and the Queen of T.I. herself, Fishness! Come on! (laughs) 
Yeah, that's going to be a great game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, excited about Teddy, excited about Vision S. Yeah. Uh, Visor John, if I remember correctly, beat some, uh, beat, some beat some big players. names. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this it's, is uh, also a very exciting group. All the group. I'm excited about every one of yeah, these yeah. games. Yeah, I'm obviously. sorry if we're like giving special mention to some names and not others. We can't help it. I want to also love, point out that Hunter love, and I yeah. only commentated two thirds of the game. So there's a lot of players that like Duke Lukem and Flat Tomatoes know a bit more of than we do and 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 so we're coming at this totally. with a little bit of like oh i forgot that you are like a huge deal because we weren't there for your whole game so i'm sorry i don't want any semifinalists to feel unwelcome you all earned this and i cannot wait to get into your games we are so excited i mean for i could two i could talk about way more of these players yeah for sure uh, mj ultra super impressed by connor's yeah super impressed by walrus berserker that's a that's that's a game i watched that i did not commentate that i really dug yeah yeah uh, yeah. yeah i mean like i'm this is like i mean i don't know i've said this a couple times already and i'll just keep saying it um, this group of players, I think, is like the overall quality oh of gosh. Twilight Imperium went noticeably up yep. in uh, this year's tournament. Um, the 300 people that lost, they all deserved to lose. <laughs> <laughs> because of how kidding. good these players I'm just are. Just no, kidding, no, no, no. I'm just You're... kidding. But, th- but they're very good. They're very good. It's a very exciting group. Uh, the YouTube right now is caught up on the prelims, which means it's, it's slowed down a little bit. We don't, we're, yeah. we're, Hunter and I have been taking Give me a break. vacation time. <laughs> yeah. We we got through the gauntlet of the prelims, so we're taking it slow. There may be a game that comes up this next week. Uh, that, I might throw up yeah. just like a fun game, game of that he me plays playing some folks. We'll see, but, we'll but see. give us a little bit of wiggle room. We're taking a bit of a break before the semis happens, and then there's going to be six more amazing games that gets get launched on that YouTube. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Finally, you can rate this podcast, please, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you listen to it. Give it five stars, please, for hopefully this educational but still entertaining comment. I hope you liked it. Uh, if you did, please please give a rating. It matters. It makes a difference for us and our visibility, and it gets more people playing Twilight and Premium, so we have more people to hang out with and play with. So, it, it you know, it's all cyclical, baby. Uh, I already told you about our Patreon. You can also find us on Twitter at SpaceCatsPod. Uh, if you go to our website, SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles.com, you can also find links to our Twitter, our Patreon, as well as our Discord, and some of our merch so that's that's where you can find us and we hope you had fun and i hope this episode was useful to somebody who's never played twice yes please i was just about to say reach out to us if you're new and uh and and tell us if this actually helped you or not yeah um because you know we are mostly a show for a very built-in audience that i we we understand have a a lot of experience with this game uh, but we thought it was important to maybe take some time and reach out to to new folks yeah. and and do some beginner stuff again. And hey, we didn't do it this episode because we wanted to take it easy. But we do a thing called errata. We generally do the top of an episode where we sort of like make corrections. Yeah. And what I want to say is, if you listen to this episode, maybe listen to next week's episode. And if we hear from other amazing players in the community of their tips for getting people onboarded, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to next week's episode, even just the beginning. If you if if next week's topic is like too deep for you outside of that, at least listen to the beginning of next week's episode, so that yeah. you can experience some other takes on what people say is great for your first time playing TI. Even if next week's episode isn't about Twilight Imperium, which right. is something we do every once in a while, and yes. also it won't be. Hey, yeah, guess what? It's gonna be uh, something else different what is it gonna be it's not oh even, i don't know it's not even root baby. it's not even root what wow. we're just oh are we selling out now yeah i mean we're we're completely changing the show and now it's gonna be uh now it's just gonna be uh, we're the regular board game review where we talk about all the different games we've been playing and this uh, week monopoly is it is it good or not we're playing sorry we're yep. playing monopoly yep. and then we're playing sorry again yeah. hey and i want to apologize sorry not sorry that's what we call it <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. This is Pirate Radio. Your radar has been jammed. Transmission beginning. Welcome, everybody. My name is Bot Bot. Welcome to this WBOT The Hits radio update. We're here to update you on some new root news. Root news! That is coming your way. So I am here with two of the judges from this year's 2021 Root Jam. What's Root Jam, you say? That's why we're here. We're going to tell you all about it right now. These two guys are regulars on my weekly root stream, Weird Root, where we do a lot of weird stuff. We just we kind of break the rules of what Root's supposed to be, and we experiment a little bit and try to get weird. So like this Thursday, we're going to do the lowest possible reach faction matchup. And uh, it's probably going to be broken and stupid, and everybody's going to hate it. But that's why we do it, for the love of the hate. So first off, I've got SP Shaman. Hello, hello. And right behind him, I've got Slugface Killa. And that is his signature sound. And we have to give a shout out to our missing judge. We have one more judge that's not here, and that's the Lord of the Board. You know the Lord of the Board. Could not make it to our recording today, but the Lord of the Board... We miss you. Thanks for being a part of this. We speak on your behalf today. So let's talk about how this all came to be. So what was your story, Slug? Uh, hey, so I'm Slugface Killer. Uh, as the story goes, I was, I was taking a, uh, a break from writing one day. I had a little bit of writer's block, and I decided to try out making one of them fan factions for that game route that I love so much. And then one faction became two. Two became four more. And then that all kind of snowballed into an entire expansion called the Outsiders Expansion with, with six factions and a Vagabond and a double-sided map and an upstarts and, and, and Renegade's deck to play with the game. And you know what? It's not enough. Now I'm working on my own Technic Expansion. Uh, probably going to be about two or three times the size. I stumbled upon the, the Woodland Warriors Discord, uh, which is you know, over 7,000 members strong. And they have a, a great channel there, the Root Variance Discussion, where you can find all kind of weirdos who love doing weird things and have an amazing passion for the game. And it's really just a nice place to, uh, to curl up. And uh, it's like that, that table in the corner of the cafeteria where all the coolest, the coolest of the cool, 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 not cool, but cool kids hang out. Uh, and I also worked with uh, someone from there um, making a, a new mod called the uh, Root Ultimate Collection, which uh, is a... Uh, a collection of, of all of the best stuff that the Root community has put together and one big mod, including a whole bunch of homebrew stuff. Uh, with, we're definitely trying to bring a homebrew culture for Root into the limelight. Great. Well, glad to have you here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for judging. And man, that new mod, super tight. Thanks for doing that. And SP, what about you? You are the big brains, the brawn, and the beauty <laughs> behind... Root Jam 2021. Tell me about how this came about. Oh, well, I, um, 
I got into my mind that I really wanted to do a charity sort of drive uh, with the Woodland Warriors Discord. Because like you said, it's 7,000 members strong. There's a lot of opportunity with all the community around the world. Uh, and I also wanted to get more people involved in the fan factions. Um, I'm pretty active. I won't say I output as much as Slug, but I do pop in and get a lot of feedback for my creations there. Um, and so I wanted to bring in as many people into that community as possible, get people creative, and also raise some money for charity. Uh, and so that's where Root Jam came in. And the first half has already taken place where contestants have had 48 hours to design a fan faction from scratch based on a theme. Uh, and now we're seeing the finalists uh, wrap up their designs and play an exhibition match. That's right. And I'm actually going to make sure that we have a link to the Doctors Without Borders uh, donation link available in the episode uh, channel and also, well, anywhere we can find it because people can still donate, which goes not only to Doctors Without Borders, but also to the winner of the contest. Now, I got to talk about the faction submissions, and we're not going to talk about all of them, but we had 20 people submit factions, and that's just 20 people because some of them were pairs. We had 20 factions submitted. We had to go through every one of them. We had to play test every one of them, and it was not easy. And I, I honestly, Slug, you were kind of the brains behind the rubric, if you will, of how we judge those. Talk a little bit about how we did that. Uh, sure thing. Yeah. I mean, it was really good to, to look at the things that we were, we were considering, uh, when looking at faction and breaking it down. So we broke it down into four different sections that made each one of those sections worth, uh, 25% of the, the total score. Uh, obviously the first section is, uh, the setup and rules and law of the faction, which of course that is important, but just, uh, just as important is, uh, you know, one of the things that people really like about designing around the game of Root is that the, the core uh, systems in Root are just very robust and very strong, and you can you can pull them and, and bend them and tweak them, and they still kind of snap back into a nice solid shape. So I kind of call those the core seven systems. Uh, so you've got your recruit, uh, your movement, battle, crafting. Got to have that craft. Uh, the placement of building uh, buildings, uh, which go into a set number of, of slots on the map, and also the placement of tokens, which is a little bit more conceptual and have their own sort of limitations on how they work. And of course, the big one is the card economy, how you interact with the deck of cards, and the cards themselves being treated as the denizens of the woodland, uh, whether physically or uh, as influence over them. And all of these tie into how a faction scores points. Uh, then we had our third quarter, which was the extra. You know, what is it that this faction brings to the table that no other faction does? How does it make each game unique? Root is very asymmetrical. The extra is super, super important. Uh, also, the strategy. Was there a strategy? Could we form a strategy? Would we be able to form a different strategy? And a big one, too, the foil. Does Can this faction be stopped? Is there a way that other factions can either foil you or work together to foil you. And the last quarter of it, of course, was uh, thematics, whether the theme and the creature, the mechanics, did it all tie together in a nice package? Uh, did it have flavor? And, of course, just an overall thing, tidying up things, things that we've maybe found in you know, what the designers did that maybe didn't fit into the other factions. Uh, and that all totaled into a, a total score for each faction. 
so we could look at everything fairly and objectively. That was a lot of words, and if you didn't believe that we took an objective and straightforward approach to this, then I, I think you might be a conspiracy theorist. But speaking of our final four, I want to talk about that real quick because we have a really nice twist to this contest. I don't think we even planned it originally, uh, but I will. I want to share the names. I want to recognize their finalists and the, the faction names. So first off, we've got Esau with the the Tinklones, the invasion of the Tinklones, which is a time traveling vagabond. So that ought to be great, right? Then we also have Tilda, who designed the free leaders of the nest, and then we also have. Lajosu and Lakodex, who work together on the Upstart packaging service. And then also we have Jake, who designed the pig troop. So I'm really excited about all four of these. These four were definitely standouts in all those criteria that we talked about. But here's the twist that we added is on July 5th, 4 o'clock p.m. Central Daylight Time, the four of those designers are going to bring their factions onto my stream and they're going to play a game together with their own factions and we're just going to watch it and see what happens it, and i should stress that like it doesn't have any bearing on who's going to win but it's going to be a great opportunity for us the judges to look at them in action look at their interactions and figure out which one is the best one so i don't know about you two but i'm really excited about how this is going to look and i think since the designers are going to be there it's going to make them even more interesting to watch because it's more than just learning them they'll know the factions so it's going to be a great time be there or be square, as they used to say. I'm really happy with our finalists, and I'm really excited for the game uh, this upcoming Monday. Well, thanks, SP, and thanks, Slug, for being here to talk about this awesome project that we're a part of. And thank you to Matt and Hunter for letting... I mean, sorry to Matt and Hunter for breaking into your spaceship and taking <laughs> all of your broadcasting equipment and using it to forward my own agenda that you definitely didn't approve of. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So we'll see you guys on Weird Root. Peace out. See ya. Pax Magnifica. Bellum Gloriosum.